0: To hockey night in New York, the premier live podcast covering the New York Islanders and the NHL at large. Here's your hosts, Sean Cuthbert and Tony Stubby. Ladies and gentlemen, it is hockey night in New York. Welcome to the program, everyone. It is Sunday, February twenty third, two thousand twenty. Coming at you live from the Hockey Night New York studios on Long. Island Big Show coming up for you tonight. It is trade deadline eve, and we got Mr. Andy Graziato from WFAN.com joining us. And we're back live, folks. It took a little longer than we wanted, but here we are, 9 o'clock on Sunday night. My name is Sean Cuthbert. With me as always is Mr. Tony Stabil. Tony, how are you? It
1: is good to be back in this chair, my friend. Isn't it it though? It is really good to be back in this chair.
0: Real nice. Real nice, it's been a little while The holidays kind of messed us up You know, you got your life, I got my life It was a little tough, we got through it as best as we could Here we are Back in the saddle And we got plenty to talk about tonight, pal I mean, you got the deadline Really? I thought
1: it was going to be a quiet week
0: Yeah, as it turns out, I mean, we had a little deal happen Just before we started the show, pal
1: Yes, we did, yes Ilya we Ilya
0: Kovalchuk goes to the Washington Capitals For a second round pick Third, third round pick Sorry, third round pick <laughs> well, we want to be as, accurate. The, yeah, we want be as accurate. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we're trying to be, you know, at least semi-professional here. But yeah, there you go. The arms race in the Metro continues, and now we're all waiting with bated breath. What's Lou Lamarillo gonna do? What's he gonna do? Is he gonna play games here? Is he gonna get something done? I guess we'll start there, uh, Tony. What do you say?
1: I I think that he absolutely has to get something done at this point. I think that the the team has shown over the course of the last what 30 games that it's you know it it's it's not that it's a flawed product but between between injuries and everything else they're up in a 500 team pretty much since the end of the year since the beginning of the start of the year. Uh, they need to get something done here. So there's plenty of holes that need to be filled. you got injuries left and right on this team. You lost Pellick, did a great job getting Andy Green. We talked about it last week. Andy Green has come in and done a phenomenal job okay, filling that spot from yeah. Adam Pellick. He's really just come into the lineup. Barry has just thrown him out there, and he has looked at the same. You, don't, you wouldn't even know if he wasn't wearing a different color jersey, you would never know that he's uh, he's on a different team. I mean, this guy is, has looked just outstanding since he's come in he's not the sexy guy he's not going to do anything you know that's that's going to grab headlines or whatever but he's just a a stay at home Defensive rock back there, and he's done exactly that since he's walked through the door. But the Honors still have other holes to fill here, man. They got a, they got a center spot that needs to be filled. They need to get a scoring winger. It does it have to be you know a Pavel Bury kind of a guy? No, it doesn't. It but he they have to bring in someone that can help out the offense on this team. This team, when they score more than three goals, is almost unbeatable. So that is something that absolutely needs to happen. Uh, and, you know, the center's position is, is important Casey Sezekis is down I can tell you that I, I, I saw him recently He does not look good So I don't know how this guy <laughs> is going to get back on the ice in three to four weeks yeah. Uh, He was not in a good place when I saw him last So that's, you know, that's something to take into consideration Cal Clutterbuck is now playing rehab games in Bridgeport Barry saw his that game That he
0: volunteered for, by the way Which he
1: volunteered for He wanted the Right
0: Yeah That's interesting. But
1: Barry said that he saw him play the Bridgeport game uh, yesterday and said it was very unclutterbuck-like, so there's obviously some rust there that needs to be shaken How do you make a weird name even weirder? Unclutterbuck. Well, I I think I just did it. Yeah, yeah, you did.
0: You did. Congrats.
1: Excuse me. So, I mean, in all of that being said, there's plenty of guys that are out on the market. Um, there's some interesting names out there. There's some standard names. There's some names that you hear on a, on a regular basis. Uh, we've talked about um, uh, Pajot on his team from Ottawa multiple times. Yes. So I mean that's a that's a you know, we've beaten a dead horse there, but he's he's a guy that fits and checks a lot of boxes for this team. He does face offs, penalty kill, provides offense, uh, is a is a guy who's willing to throw his body around. He fits into Barry's system nearly Perfectly, exactly, pretty much the same way that Andy Green fit in perfectly. So that's a guy that you have to keep an eye on for tomorrow. Sure, we've heard Chris Kreider, we've heard Mike Hoffman, we've heard about Ilya Kovalchuk, which is now obviously off the board. Um, you know, there are other names out there. There, uh, you know, Detroit's got a couple of guys that say sat out of the lineup tonight. One of them, I can't even pronounce his last name, Andreas Anast-
0: Anastasio. Uh,
1: Anastasio Anastasio. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds it sounds good. That sounds good. It's not bad. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he he's uh, Anthony. He's- to see you. Anthony C.U., I think it is. Anthony
0: C.U. I think that's what it is. All right. We're going to go with that. Oh, okay. Yeah. We'll,
1: we'll go with that. <laughs> so, that's he was held out of the lineup tonight for Detroit for, quote-unquote, asset management. So I believe that's uh, Green as well. Yes, Mike Green was yeah. also held out. So, I, I I would be surprised to see that move uh, take place. But, uh, I, you know, there, there are names that are out there uh, that are being bandied about. I think that, uh, you know, the Chris Kreider thing, it might be more of a pipe dream than, than anything. I mean... It, it is. If, but... You know, look, he's been tied. It, it, to me, the names that Lou has been tied to, and you know that the information that's out there is not because of Lou Lamarillo, okay? He, he plays everything very close to the chest. He doesn't do, you know, he doesn't do rumors. He doesn't play the media. He doesn't do any of that stuff. So to see these names that are popping up here and there that the Islanders have been interested or whatever, and it's always I think or I've heard or whatever the case may gotta be. to play it safe. Right, you got to play it safe. But honestly, I think that you, if you, if if you see the names that he's tied to at this point, you can tell that he knows that he needs to make a move here or two. And I, I mean, I think that that's the sweet number tomorrow is I think that he makes two moves tomorrow.
0: Well, he should make two moves tomorrow, whether he does or not remains to be seen. And that's why we're having Andy on. We're going to talk all about it. But before we go any further, Tony, I just wanted to mention real quick that we had a great day at RC Dugan's today. We did. at East meadow. Uh, big thanks to them. Big thanks to Paul Kreischer of Isles talk for inviting us on joining us for a uh, had us joining for a little round table Isles discussion. That was a lot of fun. Uh, Great, great turnout there. Raised and a lot on. of money for a good cause. So Over
1: you know, $6,000 they raised. All the credit to Paul and everybody
0: involved in that. Great Got stuff. To see
1: Nick Hershon and Dennis Gorman today. Guys yeah. you haven't seen in a little bit. So yeah. it was nice to catch up with those guys.
0: Absolutely. Good stuff. Good stuff. But here we are. The trade deadline is tomorrow. Isles played the last one before the lockdown earlier this evening at home versus the Sharks. That one turned out pretty good. Another f- what 4-1 final. 4-1 4-1 final. Back-to-back 4-1 finals mm-hmm. against the Red Wings and the Sharks. So... You look at that, you got two wins this week, two losses this week, just like last week. More 500 hockey, 6-5-1 five, and one since the long break. This is uh, before these two wins here. The first time, under Barry Trotz, the Isles lost three and then four straight games in regulation. 35-20-6 mm-hmm. six in 61 games played. That's good for 76 points. One behind Philly with a game in hand. Four points behind the Pens. Six points behind the Caps. Tony, how does it feel to be Tony's to Bill?
1: Uh, I'm going to answer this in a, in a two part please, answer. Please, uh, right now, um, I'm concerned. I guess between the injuries, um, you know, we've seen a lot of 500 hockey out of this team. Am I am I happy to see them? You know, take two four to one victories over teams that they should be beaten four to one. Absolutely, I am.
0: That's a nice change. Is, yes, because it, it is. wasn't too long ago where they struggled against these bottom feeders. Yes, and they, they were played, getting
1: beat left and right. Right, and they used to play. They were playing really well against the top talent, and they were playing very poorly against the lower end teams of the league. And so now
0: they're just playing middle of the road versus
1: everybody. Right, and it seems <laughs> to be been, that's been like that for a little bit of time here. So basically half the season now. Yeah.
0: I mean, you had the first quarter where everything was perfect, well, relatively speaking, at least record-wise. It's been
1: since New Year's. And, and you know and, what and happened? And
0: you have uh, basically the chunk of, of going 500 here was literally about half the season. And now we got a quarter left. What are they going to
1: do in this last quarter? It's really been since the New Year, in my opinion. And really, I mean, since Adam Pellick went down because he went down January. Either the second or the fourth, so it was really the first or second game right into the into twenty twenty, mm-hmm. and they have not been the same team since he's been gone. There's no. no question about that. Since Andy Green has been in the lineup, they have much looked much more like the team uh, that we saw earlier on in the season. Yes, you know they've been much a little bit more relaxed on on the back end. The goaltending has been you know stellar been very very good as we get more
0: used to each other that should also improve even more
1: i agree i agree so you know? i mean to 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 see that uh I think the green and, and you know I couldn't say it enough last week that this was such an important get for uh, for Lou lamarillo and for the islanders to you know to to bring andy green in and, and the type of player that he is that they they sorely lacked so there's no question there that that was such an important thing uh but to looking towards Tomorrow, I can feel a lot better about this team if they get if they make a couple of deals if they're able to get a scoring forward. And I'm not talking about it; doesn't have to be an all star. It's got to be a guy who's capable of scoring twenty, twenty five goals, yeah. an offensive type of forward. That's what they need. Uh, you know, I, I know we mentioned it this afternoon. I'll say it again: Mike Hoffman is a guy who I think can be had at a very reasonable price. And that is a guy who can produce. Uh, if you look, anybody who plays with Matt Barzell is going to be able to produce. I mean, the guy is you know is is one of the best playmakers in the game. Correct. So to add somebody like that onto his line or to the top six of this 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 forward group is going to be a, an upgrade, no matter what. Do I think that Lou would rather bring in someone with? Um, with term, uh, yeah, sure. I mean, the price is going to be higher, obviously, but I think that that's something that he would look to do. The Pajot thing. Look, I, I can't, we, we've said it a million times, yeah. but this is, these are the types of moves that have to be made. And I think that Lou looks around and looks at what Pittsburgh has done with Zucker, what, you know, what Washington has done and reinforced themselves now with Kovalchuk and with the, with Brendan Dillon, um, you you look at it, this division and who you have and how many teams you have in between. Look, the Flyers are going to be looking to do stuff tomorrow. They're right on the cusp of things. Okay, sure. The Rangers are probably going to drop out of it if they ended up tra- if they end up trading Chris Kreider, which the latest report tonight is that there's an impasse on the matter on of the year, on on, yeah. on the years and about the money. So it looks as if he's going to fall he's going to fall out of the, you know off the Rangers' radar, which. He's going to go someplace. So if you look at – and you have other teams that are struggling as well. Okay, Toronto, I mean, we, we can go into that later. But, I mean, they had one of the most embarrassing losses that you could possibly have um, last night, and they have been up and down, left and right. They got embarrassed by Pittsburgh earlier in the week. They had a good game against the, them later on in the week. So there is an opportunity for the Islanders to be able to bring in – some fresh, from some fresh blood here. Uh, they need to get healthy because I don't care who they acquire, this team without a healthy Clutterbuck and Sezekis and at least somewhat uh, productive version of either one of those players, they're, they're not going to be a scary team head to playoffs. So I think that these, these, these moves, in addition to those guys getting healthy, will, will make this team what it was going into the playoffs last year.
0: I agree with you buddy but with that we gotta take a break and then when we get back Andy Graziano from WFAN.com is gonna join us and talk all about it we'll be right back thank you so much for tuning in to Hockey Night in New York at HockeyNightNY.com the premier live podcast covering the New York Islanders and the NHL at large from our studios right here on Long Island hosted by Sean Cuthbert and Tony Stabil. tune in weekly during the season Sunday nights at 9pm Eastern Time for insights on the team great special guests and commentary on all the happenings around the league if you happen to miss us live, all shows can be streamed or downloaded 24 hours a day, seven days a week, at the same address, HockeyNightNY.com. You can also find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher, where you can subscribe and never miss a show, no matter what your preferred platform. Question for the guys? Comments? Interested in the sponsorship? Please contact us at HockeyNightNewYork at gmail.com for any and all inquiries. We appreciate all the support, and as always... Let's go Islanders. Love repping your favorite Long Island hockey team? Can't get enough orange and blue swag? Look no further than Yes Men Outfitters, the independent lifestyle brand born on the island to support the game, the team, and the players you love. Visit yesmenoutfitters.com for a wide selection of themed shirts, hats, hoodies, and yes, even pajamas. All apparel is designed and created in-house with the same passion and dedication as your favorite team on the ice. So upgrade your wardrobe and show off your pride today by visiting yesmenoutfitters.com. And don't forget to use promo code HockeyNightNY for 10% off your order. That's yesmenoutfitters.com. night in New York with Sean Cuthbert and Tony Stabile and joining us right now from WFAN.com is Andy Graziano.
2: Andy, how we doing, pal? Gentlemen, how are we this evening?
0: Very, very well, buddy. Great to have you on, especially for this trade deadline eve special edition. Gonna talk about what the league's doing and more specifically what Louis Lambs is doing with the New York Islanders. So, Andy, I'm sure you got plenty of ideas, plenty of opinions on what this man should do. So why don't we just start there? You see the way this team is playing, 6-5-1 since they come back from that long break. A lot of 500 hockey still going on here, still very uneven. They bring in Andy Green to help stabilize things with Pellick out. What else do they have to do to get into the playoffs and go further than a first or second round?
2: You know, um, when you take a look at this team as it's constructed now, and how they've played since the streak you know you talked about 500 hockey right and oh since the streak ended the 16 three and one run that they were on to start the season um they've pretty much been a shade over 500 teams since that point so it's not something that has kind of just started i think this team's been a 500 team for a while now and that's a little bit concerning obviously um You know, when you look at the standings and you look at how the Metropolitan Division and the Eastern Conference as a whole is shaping up, uh, you know, you could be looking at, uh, you know, one of those years where you need 100 points to get in. Right. Um, You know, I had said after the streak uh, that, oh, my God, this team can play like, you know, 500 hockey the rest of the year and probably still get in with 90 mid 90s. And now I'm starting to think that might not happen. That might not be possible the way these other teams are playing. Yeah, it's bananas. Um, It's crazy, but you know when you when when you look at it as close as they are to being, let's say, out of a wild card spot, is 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 pretty much as close as they are to being second in the division again. So it's literally insane when you look at it that way, and I think it puts Lou Lamarillo in a very very tough spot. And you know, as we know, I haven't been Lou's biggest supporter. Uh, No, I'm I'm still and I'm still not. I, I still don't think he's a 2020. NHL HLGM, I just don't I think he's a great boss as I've said before uh, <laughs> you want to bring him in and you want to shape things up in your organization you want to make things more professional and you want respect you bring Lou, you know Louis Lamarillo in to take yeah. care of that but in terms of you know hockey moves from a GM perspective you know I didn't like what he did at the at the end of his tenure in Toronto and I don't like what he's done thus far but to be fair he is in a tough spot right because with what we just said about the standings right and with how the Islanders have played since the streak ended pretty much a 500 hockey team. What really do you do? I don't think that top six guy is available for them right now. I I, I don't want to hear this ridiculous notion about the Rangers trading the Islanders. Chris Cryer. Why not? I don't, it's not going to have some fun, Andy. Uh, Look, nobody has more fun (laughs) on Twitter than me. (laughs)
1: Dare to dream, buddy. Dare to dream. But
2: there's just no way like, like, I thought of that when I saw Pagnata's tweet that, oh, the Islanders have serious interest. I'm like, yeah, but what is serious interest? Was that Louis Lamarillo calling up Gordon and saying, <laughs> hey, you know, what's what do you want for Kreider? I want this, this, and this. Okay, bye. Right. Is that considered interest? Because yeah. if that's interest, then yeah, maybe, Lou, maybe he did make a call. But at the end of the day, they're not getting Chris Kreider, especially not for what the Rangers are going to ask for him. Um, and plus, that whole thing strikes me weird, too. I heard then today that... They're only a year off in term. They might only be off like a, a million dollars or so. It doesn't make something's just not right there to me. Well, personally, um,
0: Andy, I think the Rangers should keep them. I mean, I think just, so
2: too. They're making a push.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, not only for this year, but I'm talking about just ahead the years ahead as well. I mean, I they, agree. they are currently the youngest team in the NHL. They've they've fast tracked this rebuild a little bit, yep. bringing yep. in Panarin, bringing in Truba. Like you said, they're they're already knocking on the door in the playoffs this year. You know, you keep yep. him around. He uh, he loves the team. Obviously, the guys love him. We know what he brings to the table, and he would be a veteran presence for, like I said, a very young team. Why even unload him, other than for the simple fact that maybe it'll be a cap problem situation, right?
2: Right, and even that, like I said, you're a year off. I, I I don't see that being a major point of contention. I think they keep him, or at worst, they move him for a nice haul, and they try to re-sign him coming off, you know, co- coming out of free agency, which is going to lower the cost a little bit, of course, but. I think, you know, you you kind of recoup some assets for him. But so moving on from that, right? So yeah. there's not going to be Chris Kreider here. There's not going to be Johnny Gaudreau here, even though he deleted his Calgary Flames from his Twitter. <laughs> epic, epic troll job by Gaudreau. Just epic. I love it. That's um, funny. I just don't think the top six guy is there. So you you do what Lou Lemarillo has historically done, even when top six guys have, have been there. And that is you go out and you pick up some, you know, some fillers for the bottom six, which I think if he does anything, that's what he'll likely end up doing. A guy we saw today, maybe a Barkley, you know, Goudreau, maybe, who was punching his potential future captain in the face, which is not nice. But, um, <laughs> well, you know, I I think you look at guys like that, if he even does anything, I'm not anticipating any fireworks tomorrow. Not from Lou, but personally, I'm not expecting. I think it's going to be another one of those trade deadlines that lets us all down. Well, we all spend all day around Twitter and we all get let down at the end of the day. Well, Andy,
0: you know, Tony and I were talking about this a little bit off air and then on air before you came on. And, uh, Tony, do you have a counterpoint to Andy about this top six forward situation? Because I feel like you do. I feel like outside of Crowder, maybe there's a chance to bring somebody else in. I'd love to hear it. Yeah.
1: I, I'm, hi, Andy. How are you? <laughs> It's so nice to talk to you. <laughs> I this love evening. you, tone. You know that. Oh, I do. I love you, buddy. We, yeah, we go back a ways. Long ways. Long ways. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Um, I, I mean, look. This. I think that you know. I. I think that what Lou has looked at over the course of the last you know eight weeks. And yep. I think that with the injuries to Casey and to to Clutterbuck and Huge. playing Huge. everybody out of position at this point, he needs yep. to to do something that will stabilize his forward group. And uh, you know, I I I know. Uh, Ottawa is going to move Peugeot tomorrow. I think that this, that's a that's an all said and done kind of a thing. I think that that's mm-hmm. definitely something he's in on. Uh It's been reported. The Islanders' scouts have been following Ottawa around for the last week and a half. So you know, there's definitely somebody on that roster that they're looking for. They have mm-hmm. a third line center spot open. This guy's available. I mean, it you know you don't you don't really need to you know um have a sign here to, to to see what they're looking at here but there's a couple of names that are out there that I wanted to talk about in um sure. Mike Hoffman in Florida is one Ooh, uh lovely. I know he's had a, a you know he hasn't had a great year this year had a very good year last year first year in Florida you know Panthers are really you know not going anywhere this year it seems um you know unrestricted free agent after the season's over that's a guy yeah. right there um Kobelchuk was another guy that got mentioned today uh, we we uh we talked with Dennis Gorman he ends up going to Washington uh tonight so, yep. that's, um, you know, that's a, that's a said and done kind of a thing.
2: For a pittance, too.
1: Yeah, for a third-round pick, which is, you know, I mean, uh, look, I mean, the only reason, in my opinion, that, that Montreal makes that trade tonight is because they don't think they can get anything better, and they were afraid that Washington was going to turn away and, and not give them the third-round pick. So, that's the only reason why they make that trade the night before the deadline and not tomorrow, because if there was right. uh, if there was a lot of people banging on the door for Kovalchuk, you know, they would have held out and tried to get a second-rounder for him. Right. Uh, so... That being said, you got guys like you said, like I said, with Hoffman and, you know, um, you know, there there are some scorers available. Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, you're going gonna to pay a premium on them. You know, mm-hmm. what do you think about something uh, down that road?
2: I I worry about I worry about a guy like Peugeot who is kind of doing what he's and, and I think he fits well in the bottom six. I do think, right? Well, that's what I'm talking about. 100%. I'm talking
1: about third line center, and and, I'm, yeah, and but, if I throw all the offense and all that other stuff out because that's not what they need him for. They need him for face offs. They need him to right, stabilize right. that line, penalty kill, stuff like that. I, the 20 goals or whatever—that's just I don't even. Uh, that's a bonus yeah. for me.
2: Right. So I think he fits in that role, and I think he would be a very, very nice addition. And like you said, a stabilizing force in that bottom six. However, is that. With the way this team is playing right now, and let's be honest here, gentlemen, coming off the four-game losing streak, they didn't look especially sharp against the bottom-feeding Red Wings, and they today gave up 63 attempts to the Sharks who just played last night. They got out attempted like 63 to 40 in a game against a team that just played last night. what,
0: What are you trying to say, Andy?
2: (laughs) <laughs> I'm just trying to say this. this <laughs> I'm just trying to say, going back to my original point about Lou being in a tough spot. You know, do, do, yeah. What is? What, what, what do you pay to bring a guy like Peugeot in? Is he? Does he really stabilize enough to get this team playing better than 500 hockey? Because let's face it, the way they're playing right now, I don't even know if they went around. The way they're playing right now. I'm not saying. I'm not talking about what they're capable of. Right. You know what they're capable right. of. The way they're playing right now, I'm not sure that the cost for a Peugeot is going to be worth it to stabilize a group that's playing 500 hockey.
0: Right, that's, no question. That's a concern. It has,
1: it has to be in conjunction with something else, and this is what I, we like, just were just talking, like talking like about. Mike this.
2: Hoffman. Look, if you follow me on Twitter, and if you don't, I that's your own fault. But um, <laughs> it, a guy, a guy like Mike Hoffman, I've been on the Mike Hoffman train for two years now. I I, I would love to bring Mike Hoffman to Long Island. I think. Just his acumen on the power play. I mean, the guy's got like I I think half of his career points are on the power play. Mm. Just that alone is worth it for me to bring a guy like Mike Hoffman in. Yeah, no, I mean just,
1: the, the, that's and that's that's kind of the reason why I'm on this. Uh, you know, yeah. I'm kind of on this crusade now with uh, you know with Hoffman <laughs> and uh, you know. But there's there's look if you go if the, the fourth period who you know Day yeah. Pegnata is does it does a tremendous job. Okay, yep. he has a list of players who are available. Um, heading into the deadline tomorrow, and uh, the Islanders are tied to about six of them. So I'm just going to throw a couple <laughs> of the names out to you, and you could tell me uh, which ones, uh, which is which is bullshit, and which ones aren't. Okay, so <laughs> okay, okay, Brandon Saad is one of them, which we kind of we we've, we've heard. Okay, we,
2: let's we'll talk about that in depth after after we're done. I'm just going to give you, I'm going to
1: give you the list, and then you could tell me you know to the level of bullshit or not. So you got Hoffman lightning round, right? Hoffman, Kyle Palmieri. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nemesnikov, Pajot, Kreider. Mm-hmm. 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 Cross Kreider uh, off. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, that was actually the first one. But, uh, yeah, Cross
2: Kreider. I, I think uh, Nemestnikov is a possibility in the bottom six. I think
1: Mike Green I, is uh, is uh, oh, is on this on. list. Yeah, no, it's on the list, bro. On, look, don't, don't shoot the messenger, brother. I'm just giving you what is on oh, here. Oh, my God. My yeah, God no, he's, he's he's there. he good in 10 years. Yeah, so that's it. So green and the the list of names I gave you before, which is pretty much every top forward that's on the list. So Pajot, like, Nemestikov. I mean,
2: most most likely, in my opinion, off that list is Nemestikov. Believe it or not, Mo like like most like I'm talking about like if if you're looking at percentages of getting a deal done, right? Because he would probably cost Lamarillo, like hardly nothing. He's a classic Lamarillo bottom six pickup, which Lou loves to do with the deadline historically. Mm. Um, I think that. And that's not the move that I would go for. I mean, personally, I, I would I would look at a Hoffman, number one. Um, Hoffman I know if, it's not, Palme-
1: if you could get Palmieri from the Devils. If you could get
2: Palmieri out of Jersey, and there's obviously a huge history there with Lamarillo in Jersey. Um, but again, at, 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 at what cost are you bringing a Palmieri in? And. Well, you got a year you get a year
1: of control of him other than this that's year. That's big, but so, that
2: also drives up the cost, right? It does, but I mean that's um, a cost
1: that I'd be willing to pay because you know, yeah, you're getting a, you're getting a 25 to 30 goal yep. scorer. Yep. I would be willing to pay a higher price for somebody that I know that I'm going right. to have next year. Right. He's a Long Island guy too, isn't he? From Smithtown?
0: He is a Long Island guy. I think so, yeah. Smithtown or not, he is a Long Island guy.
2: Unfortunately, Lou right now is is stuck trying to balance the present with the future, right? Because Everybody knows, and this was mentioned in The Athletic about a month ago, a fellow GM actually said this and turned around and said, everything the, almost everything the Islanders have is on their current roster, meaning basically that other GMs don't view the Islanders' farm system right now very favorably. So that means that really devalues what Lou can offer in deals because you know every team that calls the Islanders is probably asking for a Dobson, right? who we know Lou's not going to move, and he shouldn't, I don't think. No. Um, But I think that's where every team is starting. And, you know, it it makes it tough when you have guys uh, like like a Bellows and a Wallstrom. And and that's really it. (laughs) In Bridgeport, that that teams don't really look at right now as as being tremendous assets and deals. Somebody Um, listening
0: at home just said, what about Hosang?
2: Stop it with that. Stop <laughs> it with that. Andy, I am not
0: asking you to expand on that. It just occurred <sighs> to me. Maybe I should have kept it to myself. I'm sorry. Proceed.
2: <laughs> um, let's let's talk Brendan Sod for a second. Sure. Because this was very interesting the other day when um, people jumped down Dreger's throat, who is one of the best in the business. Let's make that clear. Um, and I give
1: him a lot of credit for coming up. I give him a lot of credit for coming out and, and, and saying my mistake. I mean, well, that, what else he would he say? Well,
2: he doesn't have to but say how, anything. I mean, he could just go this, and hide behind the fact sound? that he's he Darren Drake. to say Draymond. my mistake. How does this sound? Maybe it wasn't a mistake.
1: Yeah, this, there was a report right, hold about on. that after the fact.
2: Tony, give me a
0: second. Let me grab my tinfoil hat. Oh,
2: okay. yeah, there yeah, we go. <laughs> All right, I'm ready. There <laughs> it is. All right, Andy, look, go look, ahead. Look, go ahead. Lou, Lou really Lamerillo, I've been told, has a has real bad problem when it comes to contracts and that is the man despises bonuses
0: well we heard that about the whole marner negotiations he hates
2: giving out bonuses hates it and I, i started to hear a little bit of rumblings which i can't confirm so don't don't hold me to this but i'm starting to hear that that could have been an issue when he was negotiating with panarin who apparently did not have a problem with long island he did not have a problem with playing for the islanders I'm hearing that that could have come down to bonuses and mm. if you if 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 you look at the initial report that came out of Russia and regarding Sorokin, what was it about? It was about bonuses right mm-hmm. okay. agent uh, the agent and Lamarillo were arguing about bonuses. Sorokin was holding tight to the fact that he wants bonus clauses. So well, let's also makes-
0: acknowledge that that there have been conflicting reports coming out of Russia. This is the second time now, where mm-hmm. earlier in the season you had somebody. It might have been the same guy. I don't remember, but somebody came out and, and kind of started dangling this idea of you know Sorokin being dealt somewhere. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he forgive or me, Iranco he, yes, the one who came, came out and and said nope, nope, not true. And he's and, the guy to Sorokin listen to because came out in I there. agree. And actually agree. said that's in. news to me too. He's like I didn't demand anything basically. Right, but he's
2: the guy who said about. Lou and Lou's Lou and Sorokin's agent is having a problem coming to terms on bonuses. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. We know that Sorokin wants to play in the NHL next year. We know that he does not want to play in the AHL. Right. Right. It's the bonus thing that's turning out to be an issue. So we think. I, I I think that there is a little I think that there was more to that than just smoke. I think there was some fire there. I well, think that
1: our 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 esteemed Islander fan. Uh, incarcerated Bob came out and said that that there was some talk about moving him in a trade.
0: Well, let's also... Put a mountain of salt over that
1: too, please. Um, well, I look. Bob I'm Bob just. Block, you know, I'm, I
2: don't see anything he tweets.
1: But. Uh, okay. Okay. Well, I, I mean, I I do follow, and the dude has been right on more than he's one occasion about things. Right, so he and he's also
0: gotten stuff wrong and deleted it immediately. no No, no, immediately. So no Let's, let's no be question. fair here. Nope. Uh, it's we're kind of yeah. going out on a limb, bringing incarcerated Bob into the Hockey Night in New York sphere of of sources here. So. I, I
1: didn't say he was a source. Okay. I'm just Simply All right. stating that All right. he said that I what he what he said.
2: I just think that there was some fire there. I think there was some fire to that smoke. I think that there was something going on. I just, I can't see all of that being false. I can't see every one of Sorokin's teammates in Russia, which is where apparently the report initiated out of being every single one of them was wrong. Every single one of them got the information.
0: I I have to side with you here a little bit, Andy, simply because you bring up Darren Dreger and this is a guy who you said is one of the best in the business, right? And, you would have to think that he's the type of individual that would be pretty responsible when it comes <laughs> right. to when it comes to reporting this sort of thing. So obviously right. he got some information from somebody somewhere that he felt good enough to yep. throw that out there. Now maybe was he a little trigger happy trying to be the guy who wanted to get it out first as they all do, let's be honest. Yep. So, you know, obviously somewhere down the line there was a a break in this communication here and he was wrong. But yeah, when you say that, and when you have multiple people citing, you know, members of the team leaking that information, yeah, it's reasonable for you at least to say, "Hey, maybe there was more to this than we thought." Does that ultimately mean that you know Sorokin's going to end up
2: being dealt, whether oh, it's no, to Chicago no, right, or otherwise? Right, not, not at all. necessarily. I agree, but uh, I, knowing knowing how Lou operates and and hearing some of the things that I've heard the past year from who I feel are, are my most reputable sources regarding Lou. And his workings with certain things, I, I just think it's possible that something was brewing. Chicago was then picking up on conversations with Sorokin's agent, having maybe the same issues with regards to bonus clauses. Mm-hmm. It gets out there, and Lou goes absolutely batshit crazy, and decides to start picking up the phone and, pulls plug. and saying, "Somebody, somebody, better retract this, this, this." Right, like immediately, and, I'm I, gonna like right. and I like right,
1: and
0: I believe it was a piece in the athletic. It might have been Arthur Staple, if I'm not giving credit to the proper person. Uh, my my apologies, but you know there, it has come out that Lou Lamarillo has nixed trades in the past. When, you know, when they get leaked, they get leaked. and he has yep. basically threatened other parties, too, and said, look, if this gets out, I'm pulling the plug. <laughs> yep. So yep. it's very possible that, you know, maybe you're onto something here. Maybe something like that did happen. And, and who knows? Maybe, you know, he says, well, I'm keeping him now <laughs> out of spite. I'm going to give him a bonus. Now. Right.
2: And, <laughs> you know, going back to Tony's list, I, I have a feeling that that it could have been. And I'm not saying I I, I don't know this. Yeah. for fact i'm i'm this is my opinion based on everything that's happened and everything i've heard it's very very possible that a part of that deal could have been a brandon Sod. It could have
0: been. Sure, why not? I mean, he he kind of fits the description of a guy the Islanders could use. Is he anybody's first choice? Maybe maybe not, that's debatable, but he's been known as a goal scorer. He's still relatively young. I think he's 26, maybe 27 years old.
2: I think he's available. I have a feeling he's available.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for the for a Hawks team that, you know, pretty much has to accept reality right. and get into a right. rebuild, right? So, you know, and also there's talk about Robin Leonard potentially being dealt somewhere, you know, hint, hint, Carolina, especially after (laughs) this, after everything that went on last night. Corey
1: Crawford's name was up there. Yeah, so
0: obviously they have assets that they're probably looking to unload to start the rebuild. Hey, they had a good run, won a couple of cups, and of course a guy like Saad would be on the table. Now, you know. Who knows if that ends up even if, – if he was even being dealt, we don't know if, if Saad was going to be the thing coming back. Right. But I guess unless you have anything more to say about that, my question would be, ultimately, do you think Sorokin ends up wearing an Islander jersey next year? Or do you think that Lou ultimately deals him somewhere based on, I guess, this this smoke that we're talking about now? <sighs> you have five seconds.
2: i was gonna say don't make me play the jeopardy theme here andy that's fantastic well done sir well done um you know holding a gun to my head unless Ilya sorokin budges on some of these demands in terms of bonuses i can definitely see him not being an islander okay i'll say that all right fair enough i think sorokin's i think sorokin's gonna have to make some concessions in what he's asking to to, to come here next year
0: yeah no look look it's a negotiation and and I'm sure Sorokin and his agent are hanging the whole I'll just go back to the KHL thing over Lou's head but you know this is not Lou's first second or third rodeo so look maybe it goes down a little more to the wire than anybody would like I ultimately think he will end up with the Islanders call me an optimist whatever you want to say but I just feel like a lot has gone in to bringing Sorokin mm-hmm. over here, yep. and From you know, so, right? I, and some people <laughs> scoff at that thought, but I think you know, as much as the Isles may have wanted him separate of Ilya Sorokin, you know, they talked about they liked his athleticism and and how they felt that the goaltending staff could work with him. I still think a, a big part of that was Sorokin because absolutely because I
2: can I can confirm that that was a yeah. Big, I mean, big, come
0: big on, L- like because if they wanted to play it safe and and say what you want about the. You know, the uncertainty about Robin Leonard. We've covered that here up, down, left, and right. But he, Lou could have played it very safe and just said, I have a great thing going here with Leonard and Grice. Yes. Leonard absolutely wants to stay. Why wouldn't he just bring him yep. back, right? He doesn't. Yep. He rolls the dice. He brings in Varlamov. So I think that Lou is going out of his way to make sure Sorokin comes next year. That's just how I see it.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it very well could could be that. Um. And again, with 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 Lou, we never do know. He is a he is a strange, strange old man. Um, oh and, my uh, God. I just spit there my he, Dr Pepper out. No, thankfully, I was no, far no, enough away from the microphone. Yeah, I I, I I can never I can never sit here and I can never sit here and devalue what this man has meant to the game of hockey and what he has accomplished in the game of hockey. That's not the point of me saying that but he's got a certain way of doing things that are unlike anything I've ever heard. Um, he's a very like my way or the highway type of guy. And sometimes that works for you. Sometimes that works against you. And I I just think that there are certain situations where you kind of have to, in 2020, you kind of have to try to budge off that a little bit, bro. I mean, like, you know, that, that doesn't necessarily work for all. Right. Um, it doesn't necessarily work in every situation. And I think the Islanders are in a very, very fragile situation where maybe him coming off of that a little bit could benefit the team in the long run. I think, um, I just, I don't think it's the time to be stubborn. We, we've seen the stubbornness come out with Hosang. I mean, if you want to talk about him for just, I'll give him five seconds here. Maybe a Josh Hosang could you come bastard. up and electrify this offense a little bit, but I think that he's burned that bridge with Lamarillo, I think. And, I think that Lamarillo is the kind of guy that, that will hold a grudge until the day that Josh Hosang is no longer an Islander.
0: That's fine. I'm not going to, I'm not even going to, you know, come back with anything else. I'm just going to
2: move on from um, that. But yeah, I I think it's more than likely you see a Nomestikov type of move. I really can't see Lou giving up a first round pick and a prospect, no matter who that prospect might be um, to land like a Peugeot or a Hoffman. I, which is what I think those guys will cost. I, I just, I see more of a bottom six move if he makes a move at all.
0: Yeah, Andy, I'm with you on that. And I was going to expand on that uh, when you brought it up earlier. We just ended up going in so many different directions. But, (laughs) you know, yeah, but you talk about the way that they've been playing, right? And it seemed clear as day maybe a week, two weeks ago at most, where everybody was like, okay, this team's, you know, heading towards the playoffs, you know, uh, despite how they were playing, you know, because everybody probably just expected them to to kick it into gear a little sooner than than uh, they kind of have here. Yep. But you know, you look at the the standings and everything; it's like, okay, they need they need a center and they probably need a winger. Um, you know, outside of getting Andy Green, right? Right, and right. and now because they've struggled a little more than than we thought as we entered the the last quarter of the season here, to the point where them getting into the postseason is is even at risk now. That's not that yes. is no longer a guarantee where a lot of us Agreed. thought it was not very long ago. Right. I ultimately yep. think at the end of the day they will, but if we're just looking at it from a, an objective point of view, you look at the standings, you see where the numbers are. My my concern and my thought is, does Lou change his philosophy and change his approach to the deadline? Because now he has it kind of in the back of his mind now. It's like, you know, I could give up whatever few assets I have Mm -hmm. and then still end up not getting into the playoffs. And that looks hell of a lot worse. And Absolutely. and you yourself said earlier too, he's in a tough spot, and it's in relationship to this because here's the difference between last year and this year. We've said this on the air here before, but I want to, I want to reiterate and have you talk about it a little bit too. Is that last year it was even though they got to the deadline, we knew where the islands were heading as far as the playoffs were going. Right, we knew at yep. least that much. But Anders Lee, Brock Nelson, Jordan Abberley. We're all unrestricted free agents. And at that time, Lou didn't know if any of them were coming back. Maybe one of them we had no idea. And it was still an assessment year for Lou, for Barry. So, you know, even though all of us wanted to see a deal made and, you know, include me in that group, he held back. And you can at least look back and say, okay, he wasn't sure where things were going after that. Right. This summer comes and goes. He signs all three of those guys long term. He is 100 percent bought into this being a win now team for good, bad, or otherwise. So, you know, we talk about having a little concern about where they are in the standings and maybe not even getting it at all, but doesn't isn't his back kind of up against the wall now? Didn't he kind of paint himself into a corner where he has to go for something, where he has to bring in at least one guy, yes. maybe two, to, to give this team as, as best a chance as it can to get into the playoffs and make a, run in the play- make a run in the playoffs?
2: But I think you just answered your own question, right? I, I, I think that what you're saying makes logical sense to me and what you're saying would apply to maybe 99% of of national hockey league general managers. But the 1% that doesn't apply to is Lou Lamarillo. Lou Lamarillo never thinks he's backed into a corner. He's always, he always feels like he's in control. Like he's calling the shots. He is the man in the big chair. I like that. Okay. There is absolutely nobody that's going to back him into a corner. Nobody. It's really comes down to that. I mean, I think that the deal he gave Anders Lee, which I did not like in terms of term, um, he did that because maybe he felt that there was, there there would have been too much backlash over losing the team captain two years in a row. Right. I think that was, that could have been a slight public relations push there in terms of the lead thing. Sure. But getting, getting Brock Nelson, who I feel is slightly below market uh, based on comps, getting, Jordan Eberly below market. Um, I, I think that's a perfect example of Lula Marillo not being backed into a corner. He's like, "Hey, you want to play here? These are my terms." You know, and and, and to his credit, they accepted them. Right, right. Well, that's exactly right. They wanted to be here.
1: Um, I mean, it, it's a, it goes a long way, also showing that. You know, he was able to get these contracts done with these free agents that, over in the past, the Islanders were not able to get done. We saw Franz Nielsen walk out the door. You know, Kyle Oposo left without a whimper. You know, there were a lot of guys who left here. You know, and look, and I didn't agree with the with the with the numbers of those guys at the time either. I loved Franz Nielsen. Uh, Shawnee is is one of the big biggest Franz Nielsen fans that there ever was. And
0: yet, I can sit here now and say a bullet was dodged.
1: Yeah, because there was, <laughs> and no, I love there Franz. was no exactly, but yeah. we all knew that that that, that contract yeah, was not going to age well. He's having a
2: rough year. He's having a rough year. He had a rough
1: couple of years. I mean, you yeah. know, it's it's been a, a rough it's rough been car. a struggle for for, Franz. And for and Kyle too. Kyle's too. been Kyle's too. been a, has been. I uh, mean, you Kyle's, know, Kyle's
2: been more medical than con, you know. Yeah, but that was the.
1: Reason why you worry about something like that, you know, and ultimately probably why
2: he wasn't brought back, right?
1: Exactly. So, yeah, yeah. But I mean, look, I, I mean, in my opinion, <clears throat> when it comes to Lou at this point, I, I think that the the cost of him not doing something and then losing a year off of this thing because he doesn't get something done outweighs him feeling backed into a corner or anything to that effect. I think that he he sees that he's seen this team play at their absolute best, and I think he he realizes that you know the injuries have gotten to the team he's filled he plugged one big hole by by bringing Andy Green in to 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 Mm -hmm. fill Pellick's hole and we and we've look we've seen in the in the the last three games since Andy Green has been here the defense has looked as 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 crisp as it was early on in the season much more cohesive yes so and he's been doing exactly what Pellick was doing early on in the year so I think that that's a that's a given that that deal was done we all knew that that was a hole that had to be plugged but I think that if he looks at this and says, "If I get these guys, this if I get them that, they could be back to that sixteen three and one team that I saw early on in the season," and I think that that's what he's got to be looking at at this point. I mean, he's not going to get tied to these other team, you know, these other you know marquee players at the deadline. You know, if they, if he's just out there saying, you know, oh, I'm not really, I'm just poking around. You know, they're 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 going to look to make some move. I think tomorrow, and I think this is going to be the day where where Lamarillo says, enough, enough is enough. We need to we need to get a couple of reinforcements in here and get back on track to to be in the team that we were earlier on in the season.
2: I would like to believe that, but I look at it a little bit differently than you. I look at it in the sense of you're correct when you say that he has sat back and seen this team at its best. Uh, whether it was last year, whether you want to consider that overperforming or not, he saw this team at their best last year. He saw this team during the 16 3 1 run earlier in the season. But when you talk about what has crippled this team since, and that has been some really unfortunate injuries to Pellic, Clutterbuck, and Sazikas, which, by the way, are three of the freakiest freaking things I've ever seen happen to one team in the same season. Unreal. Um, mm-hmm. But. When you you look at that, outside of Pellick, who, as you said, he smartly, full credit, full props given, replaced with Andy Green, which was a terrific move, Um, the other two major injuries in Sezekis and Clutterbuck were both bottom six, which is why he could be sitting back thinking, well, I just need my freaking top six to perform the way I've seen them perform. And I just need to plug the Suzuki's and clutterbuck holes in the bottom six, which is why I look to, to a guy like, you know, Nemestikov or Goudreau or guys, or not Goudreau. Uh, what the hell's that kid's name on San Jose that we just saw today?
1: It's it's Goudreau. Bar- if I'm not Bar- was- Bar-
2: it is, it's close, right? Bar- <laughs> yeah, Bar- yeah Goudreau whatever. I'm almost confusing myself, but... It's okay. He's we, not related to
1: Johnny Hockey, though. We, we were botching oh, right. names Correct. earlier, too. It's I just want right. to make
2: sure everyone's clear on that, <laughs> that I'm not saying the Islanders are getting Johnny Gaudreau because that's that would throw Isle's Twitter into a tiffy. But... Um, <laughs> So anyway, Andy I, I, Gra- I just,
1: at Andy Graz is his Twitter handle. If you'd like to go back when yes, when when Johnny Goudreau don't forget, when, <laughs> when, when, when Goudreau, don't forget when, the underscore. Is <laughs> not w- around w- tomorrow. Yeah. You can go find. Wow,
2: don't of my underscore. That's not. Cool. No, don't. Yeah, <laughs> don't be forget so that. sensitive. I'm not. I'm not. Believe. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm the most least sensitive person you'll ever meet.
1: <laughs> don't don't mention his underscore again, well, please. If well, Andy. But anyway, you
2: know, I that's how I look at it. I kind of think that Lou might be sitting back, saying, "Well, I just need the freaking guys that I've seen perform and are paying to." Perform right the Nelsons, the Everleys, the soon, you know soon to be paid Barzal yeah. and guys. I need guys like that to perform the way I've seen them perform, and I just need to fill holes in the bottom six to kind of round everything out. He might be looking at it that way as well. It's
0: uh, there's a lot of possibilities. We're only going to know when when the clock strikes three at, at uh, tomorrow. Yeah. But the last one I will leave you with, Andy, real quick. Despite sure. what you may or might may not think, Lou is going to do tomorrow. What? Could he do to make it a successful deadline for the Islanders?
1: What could he
0: do? Five seconds.
2: Well, <laughs> Sean is on his game tonight. Love, oh, I love my This show—it's my favorite show ever. Um, I think that the only—the only answer I can possibly come up with is—is he—is—is is acquiring a top six forward. Okay. And kind of shuffling some guys down to the third line to round out the bottom six guys like a Josh Bailey, for instance. Um, and, and kind of really, there's no reason why your second line should have Leo Komarov on it. Just stop with that already. The, the, the fact that they, that they even dress Kunak, Komarov, and Martin in the same lineup is <laughs> bad enough, but to put, to put Leo Komarov on, on an actual scoring line with Bovillier and Brock Nelson is just criminal. It's just, it's just outright criminal. And, so if you could bring in a top six guy to, to fix that and shuffle some guys down a bit to round out your bottom six with guys who right now are playing in the top six, I think that would be an extremely successful deadline and, and possibly push this team over that line.
0: All right. Well, Andy, awesome, awesome stuff. Had a lot of fun with you tonight. Really appreciate all Always. the time. And definitely looking forward to uh, speaking with you about the aftermath once uh, 3 o'clock strikes tomorrow. So thanks a lot, buddy, and hope you enjoy the rest of your Sunday night, OK?
2: Thanks, gentlemen. Have a great night. Thanks, Absolutely.
1: buddy.
0: All right, Thanks, folks. So that was none other than Andy Graziano from WFAN.com. Once again, you can follow him on Twitter at Andy Graz underscore WFAN. I had to get that in there <laughs> just to dig him a little bit more. But, folks, uh, great stuff from Andy. Always a pleasure having him on the show. And the show goes on, folks, but I think we're going to take one more quick break here so we can kind of settle back in, see where we're going to go from here. And uh, the show goes on. So, folks, thank you so much for tuning in to Hockey Night in New York. Remember, you can tune in live or for the archives at HockeyNightNY.com. We'll be right back. Thank you so much for tuning in to Hockey Night in New York at HockeyNightNY.com, the premier live podcast covering the New York Islanders and the NHL at large from our studios right here on Long Island, hosted by Sean Cuthbert and Tony Stabile. Tune in weekly during the season Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern time for insights on the team, great special guests, and commentary on all the happenings around the league. If you happen to miss us live, all shows can be streamed or downloaded 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, at the same address, HockeyNightNY.com. You can also find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher, where you can subscribe and never miss a show, no matter what your preferred platform. Question for the guys? comments interested in the sponsorship please contact us at hockey Night New york at gmail.com for any and all inquiries we appreciate all the support and as always let's go islanders Love repping your favorite Long Island hockey team? Can't get enough orange and blue swag? Look no further than Yes Men Outfitters, the independent lifestyle brand born on the island to support the game, the team, and the players you love. Visit yesmenoutfitters.com for a wide selection of themed shirts, hats, hoodies, and yes, even pajamas. All apparel is designed and created in-house with the same passion and dedication as your favorite team on the ice. So upgrade your wardrobe and show off your pride today by visiting yesmenoutfitters.com. And don't forget to use promo code HockeyNightNY for 10% off your order. That's YesMenOutfitters.com. listening to Hockey Night in New York with Sean Cuthbert and Tony Stabile. So, Tony, let's reflect a little bit on our conversation with Andy Graziano of WFEN. We're going to reflect now? Let's okay. reflect. Let's, well, I just want to get your take on, you know, where Andy was coming from, if you agree, if you disagree. And, I mean, look, this is the the Deadline Eve show, so this is what we got to be talking about. Yeah. And, yeah. look... I know before teams like Pittsburgh and specifically Washington, you know, tonight picking up Kovalchuk and everything, you know, I own the fans are clamoring for deals here. And I think a lot of the points that were made over the course of that discussion are valid. And Lou probably needs to do something. Otherwise, the fan base is going to be a little upset. Now, granted, he probably doesn't give a crap about that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he's ultimately going to do what he thinks is best for the team. As he should. But as we've been saying on this show too, because this is you, you can't deny it is a win now team mm-hmm. that it would be a failure if Lou Lamarillo doesn't add to this team going into the to the last quarter here to 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 make a run for these playoffs. I uh,
1: I think that I think this is different than last season. I think that last year it th- is. the team was playing so well in the second half that if the perfect deal did not present itself, there was no reason. To try to um, to mess with with what was going on there. This is a different situation. The Islanders have injuries. They have played 500 hockey now for the last you know six or seven weeks now. Right. Um, this right. is a different. This is a different situation It, wasn't than so it was wasn't so glaring before. last year. Right. It yeah. wasn't because there wasn't a lot of holes, there wasn't a lot Even of Even though injuries. everybody
0: still would have liked somebody to of be course. brought in, but it wasn't as glaring as you say, yeah. And
1: I and I understood why he didn't make, a, you know, a deal for, a, you know, a Mark Stone or or whatever. I understood all of that. Um, the price was extremely high in that in, in that situation and they just you know they they were playing so well why why try to upset the Apple cart just to make a deal you know like they, they I understood the logic behind it last year well if it's, the perfect deal didn't didn't materialize, and there was no reason to to tinker
0: and the, there's and there's two sides to that coin, Tony, right, where you're supporting the guys on your team where one way you can look at it and say these guys are playing great. Why would I change things up and disrupt that? Right, the
1: group. Why would you? Why would right, you mess
0: with it? Put faith in them. Give them the thumbs up, saying, "Hey, you guys can take care of this." You know why? Why make a deal and say you guys aren't doing well enough? we where- it paid off.
1: I mean, they and they and they, they steamrolled Pittsburgh, and you know, and yeah, they 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 had that that second <clears throat> uh, that that secondary. Uh, uh, what's it called? Um, uh, the second. Go ahead, buddy. Oh, I'm sorry. They had the uh, <clears throat> they had the second round that 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 wasn't great. But uh, I mean, look, it, it, is what it, it is what it is. What it is. What it is What it was last year. Okay, this year, not exactly the same. It's not the same situation, not in the least. Okay, this needs this this team right now needs reinforcements. They need their guys to get healthy, obviously. But in order to keep pace, and you know, to to come out that they end up with one of the wild card spots or one of the top 3 spots in the division they absolutely need to um, they need to they need to make moves okay they have to import talent here and that's it, it, I, I don't there's no other way to put it i mean this is a different situation and i it look Lou is looking at the same team that we're looking at okay he's looking at the same You know, guy. He's looking at the same games, watching the same games. He sees exactly what the problem is. So I think he addresses it. That's just. I mean, uh, look. It's this is a you know as we said before, it's a different situation than we were in last season. Uh, I think Lou definitely sees that. You know, again, the names that have been tied to the Islanders. You know, as we as we spoke about before, Chris Kreider, Pajot, uh, Hoffman, Brandon Saad. These guys are. They fit the needs of what this team uh, has, and that's that's what really needs to happen at this point. I think that Lou knows it. I think that the coaching staff knows that there needs to be reinforcements. They have to get healthy because I mean, even if even with reinforcements, I think that that's a that's it's still. It's they still need a healthy Casey Cizikas and it, it doesn't not a hundred percent you're not going to get a guy like that at a hundred percent at this time of the year but Cizikas Clutterbuck need to get back into the lineup get they need to get back into playing the way that they can play you know the thing with the Islanders was they had a, a guy like Tom Kuhockle that can always come into the lineup and 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 you know, step in and 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 provide them with a couple of games of, of solid play, or you know, matchups and so on and so forth. Ross Johnson, but with the fact of these these injuries and the way that they have been now, you know, these guys have had to play a lot more than than they should be playing. So, you know, th- there needs to be something done. The Andy Green thing did, you know, was was a was a real good move. Uh, it was the right move for this team at the time. But what needs to happen at this point is is that they need to make two moves, at least two moves tomorrow.
0: No, I'm with you. I mean, that's, those are definitely the gra- the glaring issues with this team. And the question is, is, is Lula Amarillo going to be able to pull off not one but two moves, two very important moves?
1: I really think he needs to make three, to be honest with you. He needs to make two moves for the everyday lineup, and I think he needs to get another defenseman. Uh, really? Yeah, I, I think he needs another defenseman because if you don't want to have to rely on Noah Dobson as your number seven right now. Uh, that's really what it comes down to the other problem is is that Thomas Hickey who is the guy he would expect to be has basically only played 11 games the entire season to this point so he's had injury after injury in Bridgeport he hasn't played in quite some time so even he's going to even to get him back up to speed of playing in games again it, it, for the stretch run you, you know you need to have some depth there so i think that a third line center is a must. I feel like a top six forward would be a, 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 a definite step in the right direction and probably a depth defenseman, uh, you know, to to, to ease some of the, the minutes and some of the games that these other guys are playing.
0: I hear I hear what you're saying, and I guess in an ideal world, yeah. But we, we gotta look at it this way. Do they have the assets to make all of those deals on the same deadline? I'm not sure. Maybe they do. I mean, we already talked about a lack of assets with Andy just before, so you know, you talk about whatever you're going to have to give up to get that top six guy, whatever you're going to have to get, give up for that, you know, centerman for the third line, and then have something left over to get something for, you know, a depth defenseman, yeah, that might only cost you a sixth, seventh rounder or something like that, maybe, but... Look, I, I guess in your ideal world, that's how it goes. I don't know if that's what Lou ends up doing. I mean, you I, make, you make not, some valid points Yeah. I mean, and I'm not, why I'm you not, might want
1: to do that. I'm not saying that he's going to be able to pull off all three, but if you really want to go into this stretch run and, well, I, and uh, putting your best foot forward. And Hickey
0: came back to Bridgeport, right? Did he start playing uh, yet or, or is he just practicing? Practicing.
1: Okay. Practicing. Okay. So, I mean, that's you know, it's a problem. I mean, and, and the depth forwards that they have in Bridgeport because of the injuries they currently have – you know, you're looking at, you know, Cole Bardreau, you're looking at Andrew Ladd, who, you know, went back down to to Bridgeport again today. Uh, I think that we've all seen that Andrew Ladd's time with this organization is probably uh, limited at this point because they're, they obviously have no... No plan to, have, to make him a regular on this roster anytime soon. So, I mean, look at the lack of depth forward that is on this, that this team has right now because of injuries. And Andrew Ladd can't stick around more than a couple of days at a time. I mean, if that's not an indication that there is no more, there's no future for him here. I mean, and there's, no, there's nothing, I got nothing else for you.
0: I was going to bring that up when we start looking at these games a little bit, but you know, it is funny, right? Now that, now that you've brought him up, look, he gets back in for one game. He gets a little over 11 minutes. He takes a penalty. See you later. <laughs> Thanks yeah. for coming. What and was, the last time was, was the, only
1: one game also, if I'm not mistaken.
0: And I, and I guess they brought him up just to see what what he had, what he could do. I mean, because it, they didn't have to bring him up. They could have just had Bellows play that game. For whatever reason, they they quote-unquote sent him back to Bridgeport, but didn't actually send him to Bridgeport. They no, just put him in impressive. a suit. No, he's sitting upstairs. right. They have Lad play the game. They send them back to Bridgeport, and they just bring Bellows back it in. Was so it, was a very a, it was essentially
1: peculiar. It was essentially a paper tran- transaction, which is it's odd. The whole thing is odd. It
0: was very it's odd. It's
1: odd, and you know, people were speculating. You know, is Kiefer Bellows going to be looked to be moved in a deal? Is Bellows going to be here because they're going to make a deal on Monday and they wanted to keep him around the team and they want to send it? They really had no intention of sending him back to Bridgeport, yeah. which we've obviously seen was the case because he didn't go back and right. was in the lineup this afternoon. So why send him back for one game when you're going to have him come back and play on Sunday afternoon? It anyway? was very odd. But this the the lad thing is very is very very odd. I don't know if it's one, look. Is it possible that Lou is trying to to force him into you know uh, allowing him to you know his no movement clause? I mean, is that is that is that, is that is it a mind game where hey you got one game you really don't have a spot here so we're gonna send you back to Bridgeport if you want to go play in the NHL someplace else we can move you but you're gonna have to you know you're gonna have to let that no movement clause thing go so is that a possibility sure who knows I mean it's possible it was I, odd. But it's really weird this whole, the whole thing of bringing him up to play Friday night and then basically Saturday afternoon saying all right you know you're yeah, out of there
0: yeah and it could just been something as simple as look this team needs a boost let's just see what happens when we bring lad up it I, don't, could be. I don't it's I don't
1: possible know. it's, it's possible up. but if you would think that if they thought he had anything to do with that in his eleven minutes and two you know two minutes he spent on the uh, in the penalty box if he had anything to do with that at all I mean he wouldn't have been back on the shuttle to Bridgeport the, you know the following afternoon so
0: I don't know. And we probably never will. It doesn't make sense. No, it, it doesn't. doesn't. make so, sense. I and we'll eat, never know. I, think, I still think he's bound for LTIR eventually. If 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 Luke can't find a way to dump that contract on another team somehow, you know, be it in a trade or maybe when Seattle comes around, if he can work something out with them, I I think that he's he's bound for LTR at some, IR at some point, whether it's next year or not long after that. Because I mean. You just can't have that weight of his five and a half million dollars, yeah. you know, bringing this team down. No, and
1: I and I honestly think that that Lou is going to just at some point say to him, "Look, you can't. You're not an NHL player anymore. So, yeah, we're going to farm you out. You're going to get your money. You know, you're gonna, we're going to either farm you out or you can go on LTIR, collect your money, and and that's the end of it. Or right. we could try to move you someplace else, which is. I mean, let's be honest with you. If he can't stick here like I said with this forward group mm-hmm. that has, you know, that looks like Swiss cheese right now because of injuries, right. There there he has no he has no future here. So, if he thinks he's an NHL player, that's one thing. If he wants to keep riding the bus in Bridgeport, that's another thing. But this, this thing is going to come to a head, whatever it is, with Andrew Ladd over the summer.
0: Yeah, I think so. I'm with you there, buddy. So I guess... I just
1: wanted to, to touch on, on an Ilya Sorokin thing for just a second. Sure, because we, we know, yeah. we, we had this little bit of conversation sure. this afternoon. Uh, it was a great question um, <clears throat> at the, uh, the um, uh, Hockey Fights Cancer event that we were at this afternoon at Dugan's. Um, th- the whole Ilya Sorokin thing, th- it makes absolutely no sense... For for Lamarillo to just at this point after everything that's happened, the conversations with his agent last year, the conversations with his agent this year, the bringing Varlamov here, which look is that implicitly tied to the fact that of uh, that him you know that he them bringing him here was to 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 ease Sorokin over. I mean, yeah, it may, it looks that way. It does. But, I mean, but honestly, if you heard the way Mitch Corn and, and and the coaching staff talked about you know how much they wanted to work with Semir Varlamov you know there was obviously a, you know a hockey reason why they brought him here and he's been oh, yeah. he's been very good this year i mean he really has been he has been like the Varlamov of old so he stayed healthy i mean they have a good rotation going with Grice mm-hmm. so and they've hit a couple rough patches they have here and there but i think that has more to do with the defense than it has to do with 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 the two of them i think up until Pelik went down they were playing they were playing pretty lights out they were both over a 920 save percentage so right. But the thing with Sorokin is this. I Lude does not like to be played uh, by anybody, let alone an agent or a player or course, so on and so forth. So that's something to, to watch here. Um, yeah,
0: he's not going to bend to Sorokin or his agent's will.
1: He's not. Right. But as we spoke about this afternoon... Um and Igor Orenko, uh, who is if you if look if there's any information coming out of the KHL, if if this guy can't confirm it, then it doesn't it doesn't exist because he is as plugged into the KHL as there is. He's like the Bob McKenzie of of the KHL. And Igor Orenko had a very interesting tweet the other day after the whole um, debacle about Sorokin being traded to the Blackhawks. Right. He said that it's absolutely not true that he spoke with the agent, and he said that Sorokin wants. To have guarantees that he's not going to be playing in the AHL, which I understand because, look, these guys who play in the KHL, they make good money. They're pampered, especially the top players, and they're probably offering him a shit ton of money to stay there. So... If he's going to come to the NHL, he's not going to make an AHL salary and ride the bus when he could be living in the lap of luxury playing over in the KHL. He wants to come right. over. Or at
0: least that's what he's going to lead Lou Lamerleau to believe. That's right. the leverage he's going to offer. Of course. And forward. that's the
1: only leverage that he has. Okay. He's a, he's coming into an entry-level contract. You know, he wants to come over. He does want to play in the NHL. The Islanders do own his rights. The Islanders have done everything to accommodate the fact that he is coming over. They've. Essentially cleared a spot. They did not resign Robin Leonard. I think that has more to do with the fact of is that they didn't, you know, they weren't sure about committing to Leonard long term the right. way he wanted to. But yeah, we covered all that. Yeah. Yes, but the point point being here is that the Sorokin thing with him coming over and them making a move. Just to make a move. Look, if, do I think if they traded Ilya Sorokin, would the Islanders be okay in goal for the next five years? I think that they would be okay in goal for the next couple of years. You could always re-sign Thomas Grice. Him and Varlamov have obviously worked very well together. Mm-hmm. You could get yourself past the fact. You know, they have some other younger goaltenders in the system, you know, uh, Linus Soderstrom's trying to get, you know, himself healthy again. Jacob Scarrick has you know, has been, you know, down playing in North America this year. So there are there are some options that are coming down the road. You do have Rolama sign long term. You could always bring Thomas Grice back. I think he would come back in a heartbeat. So could they do that? The only reason they make a trade for Ilya Sorokin is if a) they don't want to deal with the with the agent, the contract, and the player, and they feel that it's you know it's too much of a headache, or b) that they're completely blown away and they can they can uh, fill multiple holes with one trade okay 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 that would be the only reason that they make a move for Ilya Sorokin do I see it happening no I don't we talked about it this afternoon Lou Lamarillo's teams are always built on goaltending he understands the fact that no team is going to win the Stanley Cup on a consistent basis without the rock that's going to be your goaltender Mm -hmm. that needs to happen Sorokin is generally considered the best goaltender not playing in the NHL today he is right. going to come over, and you look, and he Igor shesterkin who's who's playing for the for the Rangers, and has been lights out since he's since he's been called up from the AHL. He was lights out in the AHL, and he's been lights out since he's come up to the Rangers. He was considered a, a, a notch below Sorokin when it comes to talent wise. Right. So if you see what's going on on Broadway with the way the shestakin has been playing, that's a window into what possibly could be with Ilya Sorokin. That's a good point. So. This guy wants to come here. He has a rivalry with Sestakian, so that's a that's a thing right now. You know, that's a thing that you that you got to look at also because they're playing in the same town, in the spotlight against each other, in the same division. I, I think this thing is is pretty much a done deal. Sorokin will come over. He will be the you know the Islander goaltender of the future, which he has been since the day he was drafted, but. This this whole trading thing and 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 Lou not wanting to deal with him. This is just a con- it's got it's got a contentious contract negotiation written all over it.
0: Yeah, that may be what it is. And look, it's a cliche, but really, time will tell. We're not going to know until you know the the KHL season's over, which is soon, right? And we're going to find out what happens. And and look, you and I seem to be on the same page. We think he's coming. Maybe they're having some contract issues. Maybe they iron them out. Maybe they don't. At least it seems that if that is the case that there there could be some contract issues and he may be on the table for a deal, it looks like there are interested teams. So mm-hmm. if things don't work out with Lou Lamarillo, at least they might be able to get something for him and he doesn't become a complete, you know, wash of an asset. At least he can be something that helps this team, be it adding something, you know, for the immediate and, and you know, help this team make a playoff pitch. Now or if they have to deal him over the summer or what have you if they can't come to terms on a contract or you know some sort of you know terms or whatever the
1: only way that, that that this becomes a problem for Lamarillo is if he signs another contract in the KHL then it becomes a nightmare because then they don't have any access to him anymore
0: yes that would be the absolute worst case scenario but it seems by all accounts and and with you know these sources from you know, the Russian side of things. It looks like he absolutely wants to play in the NHL next he does. year.
1: He does. Whether- it's been stated by him and by I mean he I mean he hasn't come flat out and say it because, you know, obviously there'll there'll be uh <laughs> there'll be a Russian military guy in his room at the end of the day. Right. You know, right. But I he won't come out and, and specifically say but I mean he's all but alluded to the fact though, is that look I'm not signing anything with the KHL until you know until after the season. And at that point he's going to you know, weigh his options in the NHL if he has an opportunity to come over, which I think we all know that it's going to happen. I mean, it, it's it's going to happen. If he signs in the KHL, he's got no chance of coming here, at least for the next. They're going to want a five-year commitment out of him.
0: Right. Yeah. And I think, again, I think that's all just leverage. I think, he, you know, just from my point of view, my opinion, I think he wants to come over to North America and play in the NHL and get a taste of what that's like. So, Agreed. We'll just have to see. We, we we covered it up and down, and you know we just got to let it play out and, and see what happens. But with that said, Tony, unless there's anything you want to cover on, on that end of things, maybe we'll just uh, breeze through the, the recap of the week real quick. Yeah. We'll head towards the, uh, the hero. We'll take one more break before that. And then we will wrap this thing up. So let's go back to the beginning of the week, which started out awful. It was the second half of this four-game road swing that the Islanders were on, and it was One of the worst ones in team history because not only did they lose all four games, but they barely scored any goals. They mustered one against Arizona on Monday. That was not enough. You had a lone goal there from Beauvillier in the third. Varlamov stopped 30 or 32 shots, but he got no help. He had a great game. Wasn't enough because the guys up front could not get pucks in the other net. Uh, Unless you have anything else to say about that game, Tony, we can just move on. Move on. Okay, so 2-1 loss to the Yotes. Moving on to Wednesday, they go to play Colorado in Colorado. A lot of injuries for the Avalanche. This looks like a game where the Islanders maybe can take advantage. They're one of the best teams there out west, one of the best teams in the league. But you look at the the laundry list of injuries, they bring in a rookie goalie who's never touched NHL ice yet as far as a regular season game. So, of course, you're thinking, oh, obviously the Avs are going to shut out the Islanders in this game. And it came damn close. It ends up being a 3 to 1 final, but very late in the third period, Brock Nelson gets gifted a puck on his stick just to the side of the net, wide open, taps it in, and it was too little too late. They were already down 3 nothing, really didn't didn't matter for much. The Islanders offense continues to struggle as that road trip ends and another loss o for 4, and that is why now folks, the Islanders are in this race in the metro that they find themselves in now where we have to talk about teams like the Flyers the Blue Jackets the Carolina Hurricanes and even further than that maybe the New York Rangers so Tony if there's anything else you want to mention about those two games before we move on to the positive swing this week
1: let's get to the positive stuff
0: okay moving on to the positive stuff Friday night John Tonelli T- T- Knight, number 27, is raised to the rafters. Beautiful
1: ceremony, by the way.
0: Excellent ceremony. ceremony. You even got Scott Malkin coming out of the woodwork. He nice. showed up mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in person at the Coliseum. The, the behind-the-shadows owner of the New York Islanders, we're all, we're all seeing John Ledecky left and right, but here we go. Scott Malkin shows up to honor number 27, John Tanelli. and good on him. It just goes to show you how much this stuff means to these new owners and just how they've gone well out of their way to make the Islanders alumni feel like family, bring them back into the fold, and they're honoring guys who were a big part of of that dynasty and you know hearing from you and hearing from other islander fans who were who were around during that time this was a long time coming john Tonelli gets his number 27 up in the rafters and mm-hmm. they do an excellent job he gives a great speech and thankfully and maybe with a little help of the nhl scheduling and the detroit red wings coming to town the islanders were able to take care of business on this night they give john tanelli a 4 to 1 win and there you go. It was a good night for a turnaround. Jordan Eberle, he wakes up, gets himself a hat trick. Game may be a little closer than you'd like during the game before they kind of open things up towards the end, but they stick it out. They get the win and some goals.
1: And the uh, offensive dynamo of Andy Green ended up with his second assist since Look joining the New York Islanders, so that was Look very nice that. of him to do that. Leo Komarov with the empty netter later on, late in the game. Um, I mean, not much, you know, not not much, not to like about this game. You know, Varlamo played very well. He only gave up the one goal. He faced twelve shots in the second period, no goals against. You know, it was uh, you know, the Everly scoring the three goals. That was huge. You know, that's 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 a huge. You know, because the Islanders are th- are at their best when Jordan Eberle is at his best. So it's that is a uh, that's a big that's a big step right there.
0: Well, look, Jordan Eberle started waking up right around March, and we're just about to hit March now. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, this sparks something in him because, as you said, the Islanders need him. They're at their best when he's playing good hockey. And we all know the contract that he got. We all know why he was traded for in the first place. This is a guy who's supposed to be adding offense to this team. And for whatever reason, for the majority of his stay here in, on Long Island so far, it has been sub-expectations. It has been beneath expectations. So, you know, maybe if he kind of does what he did last year, gets hot in March into the playoffs, we for, we forget about how, you know, October through you know
1: February goes, but hopefully this is the start of something. Look, well, at, you forgot about it last year after the, the after his, his uh, series Well that's, Pittsburgh. That's exactly
0: was, what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, maybe we see it happen again. It would be very strange, quite the coincidence. And look, a hat trick against the Detroit Red Wings is one thing. Let's see him do it. You know, with this upcoming grueling schedule that we'll we'll talk about uh, before we wrap the show up. But uh, big night for the Islanders, not just for the team. You know, this season, but just for the franchise getting number 27 up in the rafters. Great stuff. And then we move on to earlier this evening. Solid game versus a team you need to beat. This is another, you know, team in the San Jose Sharks who they're an aging team. They're towards the bottom of the standings. Real rough go. They lost a couple of guys over the summer, you know, like um, Pavelski, and they just don't, they're just not the same team anymore. And look, there's. Had the,
1: injuries too. Eric Carlson's out for the rest of the season. Absolutely. Just, you know, they lost, um, uh, what was his name? Not Timo Meyer, the. Uh, um, their other young, uh, the other young forward at the oh Thomas Hurdle they Hurdle. lost earlier in the season. So I mean they they you know they're they're a team that's been struggling. Their goaltending has been a real sore spot for them this year, where it's been better for them in years past. Martin Jones, Arundel, uh, you know not not having good seasons. So it was it's a shame what's going on in, in San Jose, but the Islanders take advantage of it today. They get two goals from Anders Lee, to, uh, two could points, have been three. Could have been three. Gave up, uh, gave up the last one to Josh Bailey, which uh, you know Bailey took a shot probably the first time in like a week that he did so. <laughs> so eighty shots in sixty games for that guy he still kills me that he, that he doesn't shoot at all. Which it just it's he's crazy. He's a very <laughs> he's
0: he's a very selfless player, Tony. He yes. likes to pass. Okay, we know that.
1: Thank you. So Devontae's two points, goal and assist. Two assists for uh, for Brock Nelson. 29 out of 30 for Semyon Varlamov. They win today 4 to 1 again. Two games that, as like we said before, two games that the Islanders have, you know, against the, you win. Know, lesser talent. And yeah. they came out and they, they, they took care of business in these two games, which is good to see. And they owed the Sharks some payback
0: because when they went on that West Coast swing earlier in the season, they got beat by them. Because remember, that was, a, that was a really bad West
1: Coast trip, yeah, too. They, yeah, they, they lost to them, they lost to the Kings. Two worst stretches of the year, the two two trips out West.
0: And, and historically, this team has been pretty good against the west and for whatever reason this Last year just a couple of years they were great in fact t- today's win brought them to 500 against the west this season yeah that's just, it yeah that's and i meant to note that i i think it was brendan burke that said it it might have been chris king when i was in the car but um the detroit red wings do not have a win against
1: the metro this season no wins. that's crazy zero wins that's crazy against the metro they are I, I, honestly look when 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 we were younger the 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 Detroit Red Wings were you know the the gold standard for for the NHL they had guys Iserman and Lidstrom and Fedorov and and, you know every year it seemed like you know another guy would come up or come through the Red Wings and you'd be like where the hell did they get this guy from where did this guy come from they were just and they are a shell of themselves at this point and 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 look they they, you know this is the cycle they fired Ken Holland you know they replaced him they brought You know Steve Eiserman in which this is his dream job. He was he was a star for the for the Red Wings,
0: and it's going to be a long term project. He's
1: got a lot of work ahead of
0: him. And look, you go back further than that. You know, great era that the Red Wings have had. Then before that, they were
1: awful. awful. I remember remember. they were
0: terrible in the early nineties. Yeah. and then they finally you know again drafting they bring in these young guys fedorov, in, the 80s, yeah,
1: in, in the 80s even they were, was, they were, they were it was a, it was a mess and right but it, those this years how things once, go. once, once once Eisiserman and fedorov and everything so that was what that was like 1990 i believe 89 88 mm-hmm. uh, I mean Iserman was drafted They came in. of
0: age they added some guys in and and they finally you know had a more complete team and obviously the rest is history they won a few cups
1: yeah Iserman, came, he was the, the same draft as LaFontaine, if I'm not mistaken
0: yeah, in fact, the word is is that Bill Torrey chose LaFontaine over, over Eisman well, He did, because he, he could have had Eisenman...
1: Eisenman wanted to play for the Islanders. That was the thing. He what, The reason War 19 was because of Brian Drace. How about that? He was a huge, huge Drace fan, and he was sure he was going to the Islanders, and they took LaFontaine, and then he ended up going to Detroit. What would have history looked like... Who knows? ...if Bill Torrey had to chose Steve I- and
0: And Pat LaFontaine is my favorite all-time Islander, so I'm mm-hmm. certainly not... Wishing for the what could have been, but Steve but was what could have plan.
1: been <laughs> special. <plan. laughs>
0: how how different would this franchise look right now if that had to happen? But we'll never know. Oh, it's is, just fun to ask.
1: It's, it is and these conversations are always fun to have. But sure. Iserman now is is he was the boss in Tampa. He did a great job of building the Tampa Bay Lightning as yep. they're currently constructed. You know, the guys he drafted, the guys he brought in, uh, the contracts he signed. He did a really great job when he was down there, and he's got a lot of work ahead of him in Detroit because they're a mess. They're Absolutely. A complete, complete mess.
0: They are ebbs and flows, the circle of life. That's a that's a Lion King quote, by the way, Tony. You Circle are just, of Life. You, you yeah. got
1: the philosophy going here, bro. Like, it's, I, I, I try process. to
0: bring in as many elements as I can to this show. Yeah, and
1: you're doing a you're doing a bang up job. I
0: really appreciate that, Tony. You are. You're it means a, a lot. Job. So yeah, look, Lee gets the pair of goals. If he was a little bit more selfish, he might have gotten the hat trick. He decides to do the right thing. He gives it to a wide open Bailey in front of the net for the empty netter, and. You know, all is good, right? Another big win. Well, another win that they needed, so we'll call it a big win, especially after that awful road trip, right? So, and also going into this trade deadline, maybe it gives Lou Lamarillo a little bit more confidence in this team and helps him decide to maybe add. So, and look, you talk about Eberle coming back in the in the game against Detroit. Now you have Lee coming back tonight. Hopefully, that is a sign of things to come, because for very obvious reasons, the Islanders are going to need more goal scoring from those guys. So, hope and and not only that, but you have Barzell having a good game tonight too. He assisted on both of these goals. He looked very good. So, again, look, they weren't going to go the rest of the season scoring zero to one goals. Okay, all all teams go through stretches like this. It, it came in an unfortunate time, absolutely. But look, even though we know that goal scoring is a big problem for this team, it, it wasn't going to. That wasn't going to maintain the zero to one goals okay so finally they got a couple of teams that are on the lower end of the standings, kind of what the doctor ordered they stepped up they did what they had to do they beat these teams and now we see what happens going into the deadline tomorrow and then again big stretch and I think now Tony maybe we'll do a little break we'll do the hero and then we'll look at the week ahead real quick and then we will wrap this up Sounds so good folks once again want to thank you for tuning into hockey night in New York remember you can tune in live or for the archives at HockeyNightNY.com will be right back Thank you so much for tuning in To Hockey Night in New York At HockeyNightNY.com The premier live podcast Covering the New York Islanders And the NHL at large From our studios Right here on Long Island Hosted by Sean Cuthbert And Tony Stabile Tune in weekly during the season Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern time for insights on the team, great special guests, and commentary on all the happenings around the league. If you happen to miss us live, all shows can be streamed or downloaded 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, at the same address, HockeyNightNY.com. You can also find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher, where you can subscribe and never miss a show, no matter what your preferred platform. Question for the guys? comments interested in the sponsorship please contact us at hockey Night New york at gmail.com for any and all inquiries we appreciate all the support and as always let's go islanders Love repping your favorite Long Island hockey team? Can't get enough orange and blue swag? Look no further than Yes Men Outfitters, the independent lifestyle brand born on the island to support the game, the team, and the players you love. Visit yesmenoutfitters.com for a wide selection of themed shirts, hats, hoodies, and yes, even pajamas. All apparel is designed and created in-house with the same passion and dedication as your favorite team on the ice. So upgrade your wardrobe and show off your pride today by visiting yesmenoutfitters.com. And don't forget to use promo code Hockey Night NY for 10% off your order. That's yesmenoutfitters.com. tony's to bill and when you hear this lovely song that means it is time for the hero of the week had the islanders not pulled out the two victories against the red wings and the sharks we might have been playing some smashing pumpkins for you right now with the zero of the week thankfully we had some heroes this week so tony i believe you went first last time i believe i i put that on your lap the last time we got together
1: Sounds about right.
0: So, I'll go first this time. And I have I have two, but it's for good reason. One is on the ice and one is off. So, my on the ice hero of the week, we were just talking about had a hattie the other night against the Detroit Red Wings, and that is Jordan Everly. Look... We all know this guy has been, I mean, to put it mildly, very streaky since he came to this team. We've been expecting more. I mean, that's the bottom line. The guy's got to put more pucks in the net. He's got to be more involved in the offense. It's hard to figure out why he goes through these droughts on this team, but we saw him get hot last March. Hopefully, he's he's starting to warm up now, and we'll see that again into the playoffs. Maybe he'll uh, help lead the Islanders to another first-round sweep if, if that's at all possible. But, folks... This is an easy one for me Maybe I would have considered Anders Lee If he wasn't uh, so selfless With the pass to Josh Bailey tonight So my on the ice hero of the week Is Jordan Everly I'll pass it on to you Tony And then I'll tell you What I'm, what I'm thinking about off the ice
1: Really good Are you,
0: you want me to just go?
1: let go for the hole.
0: So as we talked about Friday night Detroit Coming into town Number 27 goes up to the rafters Gotta give a lot of credit To Islanders ownership Cause like we said John Tanelli probably would not be getting his number up to the rafters if that ownership change did not happen. Uh, For whatever reason, now maybe this started before Charles Wong took over the team. I believe it did. But the bottom line is his relationship with the franchise went south at some point and it was never patched up. We don't know if efforts were made, but we do know that efforts were made with John Ledecky and Scott Malkin. They, They repair that bridge. He starts coming down to games. He starts becoming a part of this franchise again, showing his face again which i think is is to the uh the of a lot of you know islander fans who, who watched it and uh, and love that era of hockey from new york Islanders. so i want to give a lot of credit to this ownership group they're just really hitting so many of the right notes with this franchise You talk about belmont being constructed it's real i know all you guys are looking at that live feed every day i uh, check in on it too it's coming we're seeing more and more steel go up it's a beautiful thing and, again, they're they're doing a great job with the alumni of this team. They got number 91, the true number 91, Butch Goring, getting retired next weekend. That's going to be fantastic as well. And there's just been such an outreach, you know, not only to the players, the, the former players, but also to the fan base. They're, they're trying their best to, to make this Islander team a team that everybody can be proud of. So I want to give a, a huge Hero of the Week here to,
1: to the owner, Scott Balcon. Well-deserved. Well-deserved. I, I, I give you a lot of credit for that. Because you should, you should be giving them you should be giving them credit, and uh, they deserve it because they did do this. Uh, I know Lamarillo was the guy who actually called Tanelli and, and told him that he was getting his number retired, which is a great thing, and, and you know, and I'm sure that you know that this this organization has done. Uh, has patched up a lot of wounds over the years um, that, you know, that were created either through, you know, through Charles or through Mike Millberry or whatever the case was, and they've done a really great job with that. And, you know, you saw all the the guys except Bossy wasn't there, but you saw everybody else was there, Um, you know, on on Friday, you know, Clark Gillies was there, Bobby Nystrom, Billy Smith. So to see everybody there and, you know, to – uh, to honor John Tennelli, who, as we talked about on his show uh absolutely deserves to have that number twenty seven hanging up uh, hanging upstairs and uh it's a great thing i wasn't uh, i wasn't able to be there friday but uh, i I'm looking forward to next time I walk into the Coliseum and see his number up there with uh, with all the other greats great stuff uh I will do my hero very quickly um I think that this guy i've i've sung his praises a couple of different times this year, but Semyon valamov had a fantastic week this week um two great games the last two games you know coming off that bad road trip uh 22 out of 23 against Detroit on Friday 30 29 out of 30 today um throughout the whole month of of uh of February he's been an under he's been under 900 save percentage only twice uh and one of those games where it was when he had to come in cold against Nashville after uh, they lit up Thomas Grice early on so um, he's been great this month. Um, he's he's been great the entire season, but he's he's had he's been particularly strong. Um, you know the Vegas game, he was great. He was stood on his head in that game. Is the only reason why they were in that game. Uh, played very well against Arizona. Played well against Detroit, San Jose. So, uh, Semyon Vallamov definitely, in my opinion, was the hero of the week.
0: Good stuff, Tony. I like it. And, and speaking of Semyon Varlamov, buddy, I just wanted to extend a, a thank you to you and Dennis, Dennis Gorman, today for suggesting I put in Thomas Grice on my fantasy team, uh, thinking that he was going to be the starter. And <laughs> that, I, I, I ended making that, that came that from switch. Dennis.
1: Yeah, it came from Dennis, not from <laughs> me. <laughs> because, you know, we know that Barry,
0: you know, especially with no practice happening right this morning... And and Barry sometimes like to likes to keep the starter to, close to his chest. We at least I didn't see anything leading up to the game. And of course Tony and Dennis, are, yeah, yeah, you know what we think Rice is going to get the start. Tonight. Uh, okay, no, 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 no. I'm
1: no not, not, but you were you were agreeing. No, were I not- said that he, <laughs> no announcement on the starter, and he and Dennis said,
0: uh, all
1: right. Barry said he's going to go back to the rotation.
0: All right. Well, in any case, you guys cost me a win. That's all I'm saying. Played great, That's great all today. I'm Played really it's well. He's got his nice save
1: percentage, percentage. back yeah. up to nine twenty, which is great. Uh, his goals against a two forty seven. He's nineteen and twelve with four overtime losses. So he's been uh, he's been very good. I don't think anyone can complain about. And, it. And he'd have a couple of Vermont more wins under
0: his belt if if the guys in front of him could score some more goals. Agreed. Get and a couple hopefully. goals on that trip, and and you know it doesn't look so bad.
1: Yeah, well we're gonna see. We're gonna see tomorrow because we I, are. I, I I I I am fully. I f- look, and we've we, we've done the show five years now, and we have sat here this night every single year, and free and, agent night, and free agency <laughs> the night, no, the week before free agency, and we've sat here and said that this is this is because it's this is the time, this is, this the, is year. the year, this is this the is year. it, it's gonna happen, and yep. last year it was. It was just waiting and waiting and waiting, and we do it every single year.
0: Oh well, well maybe it's you know it was it was the trade was made last minute. It's going to come after the deadline, and right? Finally, after
1: four o'clock, and, and then, then you always get the that staple, you get that that you know, four thirty, yearly... five
0: o'clock. Islanders yep. are done. Yep,
1: <laughs> confirmed. <laughs> aisles, aisles are done. Yeah, and you're like, yeah. God damn it, not again. Yeah. So I mean, fool me once, shame on. <laughs> Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. But, dude, I, I, it's, it's gotta, it's gotta happen. I've it's been gotta saying happen.
0: for a while leading up to this deadline. I would be very surprised, Stunt. if Lou doesn't do anything. Now, I guess technically speaking, he has because he got Green, but that was by necessity and unexpected because Pellick went down. Maybe he would have gotten a uh, a defenseman if even without. Pellet going down. Who mm-hmm. knows? Mm-hmm. But bottom line, bottom line is, you know, I think something's going to happen tomorrow. We're just going to have to find out and wait what that is and whether it was worth it. But my gut tells me something's going to happen. And you know what? We can before we wrap, we'll 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 put some predictions out there. But just real quick, we'll look at the week ahead and then we'll we'll wrap with our our trade deadline predictions. So so real quick, here's here's a fun thought. Let's say Kreider is on the table, okay? And let's say Lou Lamarillo does find a way to swing a deal for this guy before 3 o'clock Eastern time tomorrow. That means Chris Kreider's first game after the trade deadline would be as a New York Islander versus the New York Rangers.
1: How poetic would that and
0: be? And if, it, if it's not something you want to happen just for the fact alone that Chris Kreider would check a lot of boxes for this New York Islanders team, but how beautiful would it be for his first game to be on the other side of that New York Islanders-New York Rangers rivalry on Tuesday night?
1: Make it happen, Lou. It'd be Make fun. Make it happen. It'd be fun. I, I just I, I don't know if you if you happen to see it, but uh Larry Brooks had put out a uh, a piece. Oh boy. Just stating that, you know, the you know, the contracts is broken, you know, the the talks are, are not going anywhere and mm-hmm. most likely he's gonna be traded tomorrow and everything. And yeah. of course he's listing all the different teams that would have interest in him, Boston and this and that and everything else and and then of course he throws in that, you know, you know. Uh, other than Lamarillo calling and checking in on Kreider, he doesn't see that trade happening. Unless, of course, the Islanders would want to part with Matthew Barzell in order to get, like, like Larry. Larry. Tony. Larry, please. The New York Post is a rag. Okay?
0: Larry Brooks and Brett Sergales, they work for a tabloid. They work for a tabloid in the New York Post. And I will say every now and then, one of those guys puts out a decent piece here involving the Islanders. Every now and then, but usually that's content I tend to pass on. Mm-hmm. Now, I remember raising on Twitter a piece that sergalis put out about the whole... Talking about how Barzell may not sign with the team and and all this stuff. I don't even remember. And the only reason why I even brought it up was because somebody else pointed the article out to me. And I was like, all right, I guess I'll take a look at it. If that hadn't happened, I wouldn't have even given it the time of day. Mm -hmm. But, folks, thankfully you have some pretty decent options now if if you want to see some good written content on the New York Islanders. And that starts with two gentlemen, Arthur Staple and Andrew Gross at The Athletic and and Newsday. You know, color, you know, um, respectively. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you want to read the post, if you want to be entertained, by all means, I
1: just I found it funny that, that, that of course that it, and, and I don't think there'd be anybody more butthurt by a trade of Chris Kreider to the New York <laughs> Islanders than Larry Brooks. I think he, that that would just absolutely like, destroy his world.
0: It's just he's like the, the, the National Enquirer of, of hockey coverage. You know what I mean?
1: Well, I mean, he's got the platform of being in New York and and whatever, and, and but not you know, every, and and every the only not every he's... writer in New York covers sports that way. No, well, but he does, and the Post does. No, I know I it's know. a
0: waste of time. I, I just
1: I thought it was funny, like like well, yeah, like, bro, it's entertainment, I, really, It's entertainment. And I'm saying to myself, really, like like, do you really think that Je- if 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 Jeff Gordon went to Lou Lamarillo and asked for Matthew Barzell for 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 Chris Kreider? I mean, if if I'm if I'm Jim Dolan. I, I, I'm I'm firing. And, well, <laughs> see, firing see, him firing right the there? Thing. Like <laughs> Brooks Brooks knows
0: that this is exactly the reaction that he's going to get right. from Islander fan readers, and that's why he does it. He's just he's very disingenuous because he's smart enough to know that this is nonsense. Mm-hmm. But look, shock sells, right? Controversy sells Right So they put out these And it was this, it's the same with Gallus In that ridiculous piece When he was talking about Barcelona. Yeah I know, I know They know They know what the reaction's gonna be They know it's ridiculous But that's why they write it's it ma- yeah, That's why they put it out there right. Because it's ridiculous So again If you wanna You know Be entertained You know And then flip the pages And see the, the claims about the UFOs landing <laughs> You know And all that <laughs>
1: sort of thing Cause that's where it belongs Right next right. to that
0: stuff the Whatever it is mm-hmm. Yeah, I have no
1: I have no time for those guys. You know, I mean, maybe. I just thought it, I thought it was funny that that sure. he had to get sure. he had to get the little dig in there cuz we all we all know it's that he does he it does. all the time.
0: It's what he does. Right. Good for him. You know, he's had a very long career over at the post doing that. So, it works for him. So, you know, bless your heart. <laughs> That's fine. Mm-hmm. That's fine. So, as I was saying, The Rangers on Tuesday. We may see a different Islander lineup heading into that night. We may see a different Ranger lineup heading into that night. But that's pretty cool. First game post-deadline versus the Rangers. And for the first time in a very long time, Tony, this game is going to mean something for both teams. This is a big game because all of a sudden, these two teams are only separated by six points, I believe, after the way... Tonight ended with the Islanders getting that win. All right there is a six-point difference between the two teams to begin with, and the Rangers, for better or worse, they're in this wild card race. I ultimately think they're going to fall short. I agree, but Especially they are if there. they're going to be
1: dealing credit tomorrow, which it seems like they're going to. So
0: yeah, absolutely. But look, the players on the ice—they're going to be going for it. They want to make the playoffs, right. so this is going to be a tough game. Mm-hmm. This may be—I mean, look, we got a we got a nice little taste. Of how this rivalry may be able to come back in though that cluster of games that they had, what three games in three less games than two in weeks, 10 days, right? Yeah. Right. Little taste there, and now we're circling back a month later, and they both have something to play for here. Mm-hmm. It's a big game for both teams, Great. so that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I'm really looking forward to that game, and I, and I really hope it does. You know. Re- relight the the rivalry between these two teams because it's been so dormant. I mean, Absolutely. you and I, we've talked about it on this show. I mean, I think I speak for you as well. I mean, at this point, I have much more of a, I suppose, distaste for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Much a
1: lot on the fans, do
0: Right, than I do the New York Rangers. Well, oh,
1: because there's been nothing there over the last couple right. of seasons. So and there is a lot really there. there really hasn't been anything <laughs> there. The so least. now to see the way that these these couple of games played out earlier on, um, you know, last month, and you know, to see now that these two teams are playing. Look, you're going to get your first look at Shestekin which is he's been, you know, fantastic since being called up. Uh, will they? Will they have Chris Gratter or not in their lineup? Will they, you know, make another deal? Maybe try to move another piece or two out. Um, you know, will the Islanders have new their new pieces in? Will they make? Will they have new pieces? So there's right. there's a lot. Will they have Reese's pieces? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even. I don't even know how to respond to that. I, I really don't. Like, really normally, no great you know,
0: way to respond to that. No, it I, was you're, completely you're, oh, you're unnecessary.
1: Right oh, you're you're completely right there, buddy. <laughs> So, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, coming out of the break, I'm still trying to get over the fact that you just no, incorporated this Pieces into I can literally my, see it in your face
0: to, struggling with trying to come I, out. And of I'm that saying one. And that's exactly why I did it. And
1: great for you. Wonderful. Thank you.
0: It was purely for my entertainment. And hopefully the listeners. Hopefully,
1: is the way I'd look at it. So go um, on. I don't even think I have anything else to say. No. <laughs> <laughs> it is great that they're playing the Rangers right out of the deadline. I mean, that's that's the best that's the best way to do it. And honestly, if if you're if you're getting traded, if you're being traded to the New York Islanders, what better way to be in in you know indoctrinated into the into the Islanders' uh, lore than having a home game at the Nassau Coliseum against the New York Rangers yeah. the day after the trade deadline? I mean, make it happen, Lou. Can't can't beat that. that make that'd it be great.
0: Make it happen. So so that's a great way to start the week. As you said, Thursday night they go into St. Louis, 8 p.m. start against the Stanley Cup champion Blues. Doesn't need to be said that is going to be an extremely tough game, especially because the as we said earlier, the Islanders have not fared very well against the West.
1: Yeah, as soon as they pass the Mississippi, they everyone, well, everything goes to shit. So I don't. I mean, we'd have to just see how how that goes. But uh, you know, St. Louis is you know they're a tough team. You know, they have uh, you know they have good goaltending too. Jordan Pennington has been great. They had a, a little bit of a scare uh we would like to send our uh, regards our, you know yeah, to, uh, that was something to Jay bow That was not comfortable to watch that footage yeah. no, it definitely was not but uh you know all the best to Jay bowmeer glad and, he's and doing hopefully well he's uh, you know he's on the mend yes but uh you know St Louis is look, they got great pieces there they got, they have a they have a very they have a very solid team they're they're well coached. So um, that should be an interesting game on Thursday. And then, you know, we should have a fun one on Saturday because uh, it's Butchie Saturday Day.
0: Saturday afternoon, 1 p.m., it's the Butchie New Day. York Islanders versus the Boston Bruins, which is kind of appropriate because Butchie has some history with that franchise does. as well. Mm-hmm. 11.30, I believe, that will be the start of the banner-raising ceremony for Butch Goring. Game 91 game will starts at one, yep. be sent up to the rafters. I will be in attendance. I am very much... Looking forward to that day. That's going to be a lot of fun, and it's going to be another big test for the these Islanders. They they passed the test against Boston earlier in the year. They got a win against them. Let's see if they can do it again. A lot of big points on the line here, and a lot of tough opponents coming up. But yeah, looking forward to to that. Uh, uh, You know, really happy for Butch Goring, and he's uh, you know been very outspoken about just how proud he is and how thrilled he is that he's getting his number retired and. You know, just just seeing that in the broadcast and stuff like that, it's uh, it's really cool to see. I'm, I'm happy for him, and you know, looking forward to him having that moment. It's going to be great.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I got to see uh, uh, um press conference the other day, and uh, they asked about Al and about Bill Torrey, the fact that they you know weren't here for this, and yeah, and and and, and you know, JT got uh, got a little emotional. He, he did. He yeah, said, "Yeah, it, he says I always get emotional when I talk about Al because he was such an important figure in my life." And, yeah. You know, to hear those stories is just is just great. You know, the, the, the guy who, who basically rode these guys as hard as he did and got them, you know, the best, the, the absolute best out of them for those 19 playoff series and those four Stanley Cups. And, you know, to hear about, you hear them talk about him now is that he's just like this father, you know, grandfather figure for them. And, uh... It's, it's, it's really, it's, it's quite something to, you know, to see. I mean, look, I, I remember Al Arbor, I remember, you know, seeing his press conferences and, and, and seeing him speak to the media and, you know, he was always very, you know, very business like and, and, and whatnot, but, uh, these guys, they loved him and yeah. they really, they really loved him. So it's, uh, it's good to see, it's good to see and, uh, couldn't be happier for, uh, for John Tanelli. I really one of my, uh, one of my favorites growing up. So very awesome. happy.
0: Very cool. And just just to last thing before we uh, do our trade deadline predictions, a little, I guess we'll call it around the NHL, some big news. Last night, we mentioned the Toronto Maple Leafs just a little while ago, and we would be remiss not to bring this up and just chat about it real quick tonight because something very special happened up in Toronto last night. And I imagine it was not only special for the Toronto Maple Leafs, for the Carolina Hurricanes, but I think also it was just a little special for any spectators from the Long Island portion of the world. The New York Islander fans that maybe saw on social media, or maybe they were watching, who knows, some ESPN that
1: brought it up, whatever the case. The Toronto Maple Leafs... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I try to sit here with a straight face, but in their, ahead, In bro. their
0: contest against the Carolina Hurricanes last night in Toronto, unfortunately the Canes lost both of their goaltenders to injury last night. And we've seen this happen before where what is now being called a an e-bug, which is the abbreviation for emergency backup goaltender, the Carolina Hurricanes had to utilize one of those last night. And it turns out that it was a man by the name of David Ayers. He works for the Toronto Maple Leafs by extension. He works for the Toronto Marlies. In fact, he he he's involved in you know plays goaltender with them every now and then to help him out. He, but he is also better known as the Zamboni driver. And well, he put on the pads last night. The Toronto Maple Leafs colored pads. He donned a number ninety Carolina Hurricanes jersey, and with the Hurricanes hanging on to a lead, hoping to <laughs> steal victory out of the the clutches of defeat. With the high-powered offense of the Toronto Maple Leafs, Austin Matthews, John Tavares, Mitch Marner, et al. David Ayers will forever be a legend in the annals of NHL history because he is the first e-bug, the first emergency backup goaltender to get a win in the National Hockey League. And it was in front.
1: Didn't the Chicago kid do that, too? He did
0: not win. Oh, they didn't win that game? He played... He played fairly well. He did not win. Mm. But last night, David Ayers, and I I believe I'm pronouncing his last name correctly. I I believe you're correct, yes. A fan of the Toronto Maple Leafs, no less. (laughs) (laughs) Defeated! The Toronto Maple Leafs at the Air Canada Centre in front of all of their, I believe, 19,000 adoring fans and whomever else was watching on television. And I'm just going to say it, folks.
1: I loved every minute of it. Did you see his wife's tweet when she found out that he was going I did. This? Yes, I saw that her, I saw that one. I saw a few more.
0: Hilarious. And look, look, regardless of what teams are involved, this would have been an absolute phenomenal story, and it is an absolute phenomenal story. But for us folks that support the blue and orange of the New York Island, it was probably just a little bit sweeter for us to see that all go down. Tony, would you agree?
1: Yes. <laughs> well, look. I mean, expect. I, I. I. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't see any of this going on uh, last night in real time. In real time. Okay. So I. I. Actually, so you woke up
0: to some great news. I
1: woke up to this this morning. <laughs> Good for so you. I start looking on Twitter. I saw your uh, text that you sent me this morning, which uh, I'll be. I'll be. I'll be flat out. I was. I would laughed. I laughed out loud at it. So. Um. So then, I, there were some great memes
0: that came out of this. There
1: was unbelievable, but memes. there was
0: one that I hold really dear to my heart. I'm gonna hold it. You, you keep saying what you're saying, then we'll 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 talk about that.
1: So. <laughs> I see the the whole thing and I actually saw the, the, the video of, of, of him driving the Zamboni with Well that's what I was alluding to. Yes. That so was when, which okay, so and that and that obviously actually happened. So when I saw that <laughs> That
0: is real. That's real. That's that was real. not that that's happened.
1: that's not a voiceover. <laughs> that that literally happened. So so I saw that and I go what the hell is this? So now I start going through my my timeline Sure yeah and I start seeing all of this stuff and I go, holy shit that they really lost to the Zamboni driver they did So 42
0: years old by the way 42 years old. yeah, right yeah so
1: okay so now I get I said, wait a minute, I gotta find dangle. Now Steve Dangle If you don't know who he is Which I'm sure most people who listen to this show Do know who he is He is a, a blogger extraordinaire He is yeah. a guy YouTuber. who does Yes he does Well he started with blogging And you okay. know, he's worked okay. his way he does, the, uh, the, he does these leaf fan reaction videos Which if you've never seen them before They are highly entertaining Highly entertaining, I would say. He's been on the show with us a couple times before. Very True. good sport. We yes. had him on, you know, right after the Tavares game. And, right. And, you know, he, he's, he's a good guy. He really is. And I will preface this with saying that. But this guy <laughs> lost his shit last night on his video. He said they lost to his Zamboni driver. He said it once. He said it about 16 times during the seven-minute video. He... And, and, and I'm watching it, and I'm watching it, and I'm saying, "Look, every and I, and I tweeted this out this morning. Every team, every every for sports fan, no matter the sport, no matter the team, no matter what, has suffered at the at the some kind of unbelievably crazy loss." Okay, albeit a game, a player, you know, some kind of stupid thing in New York. Apparently it happens more often than any place else, but I mean, whatever. Okay. Okay, but that happens all the time. And most fans will tell you that there's been a time where they just had enough and they just want to go into a room and completely lose their mind. Okay? (laughs) If you want to know what that is like, go watch this video that Steve Dangle put out last night. Or if
0: you just want to bathe in the tears... Of a very large Toronto Maple Leaf super fan, go and watch that video. Yes, if you want to know, is, if you if you he's want, he's not happy about what happened. No, if you, and a lot of things that he said on that video were true. Yes, that they
1: will never live this down. This no. is not going away. Mm-mm. This and this is not just him. I mean, this is just this is he. I, I thought he, as I thought he eloquently put it, you know how you know the the sentiment of the of the Leaf fan and where they are at this point. But I, I watched another video which was on Sportsnet, which was Craig Button. Oh yeah. Did you see Craig that was Button? was great too. He tore them to shreds. He did. He tore them he to did. shreds. Yeah, he did. And this is the is is the look that they're getting around the media now. Is that was that, on T S N. Right. This is this is the this is the, the the calling card of this team is that they they he, he said it last night they fold like a cheap suit like old cheap tent I believe. Cheap tent. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Cheap tent. Just want to clarify that. Okay. But I mean honestly like that there there are and I said this to you a week ago. I said you know when we started talking about the fact that you know the fans are starting to turn on Tavares, you know, about his leadership qualities and how he should never have gotten Yes, to see. they are. And look, we we said this when he signed there like be careful what you wish for pal. Well, now he's locked into a long-term contract wearing the C. You all of the pressure that he wanted, he now has it, right? He's got all of it and he is on a flawed team. He's on a flawed team. This this high-powered, you know, only offense only team that he's on that they have all of this money tied up into these three guys at this point. They are just, they're, they're asking for trouble. The NHL does not play like this anymore.
0: You got fans saying he, he shouldn't have been picked as captain. A lot of fans. You got are fans that. with the f- hashtag firedubas going on which out is, there now. Which was
1: trending the other day, my Yes,
0: it was. That's how I stumbled upon it.
1: <laughs> I said, oh, what's this I can you uh, look, <laughs> click especially if 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 something in the hockey world is trending okay you're going to see it because you're going to start to see especially if it's in Toronto because
0: Islander fans. It's as the soon as, center of the hockey universe. No,
1: it's because Islander fans. Anytime that there's anything going on upstairs, up there, they they just all <laughs> right. they do is start retweeting everything. So, yeah, that's true. but I saw Fire Dubas, you know, on my timeline yeah. about nine million times in a, in a half an hour span. Yeah. I'm like, oh, they're pissed.
0: It's a bad scene up there. It now. is bad
1: because and and I said and I said this to you and I and I I'll, and, I'll, and, I'll, and I'll preface it that I told you that going out on a limb, okay, and I, and I'll say this, you know. Kyle Dubas has put him has painted himself into a corner because he has Matthews Marner and Tavares making thirty five million dollars between the three mark, of them, yeah. something to that effect. Okay. <clears throat> so as we as we knew that this was gonna happen at the at the time, is completely unsustainable. He can't trade Matthews because Matthews is the best of the three of them. He can't trade Marner because Marner's the second best of the three of them. And honestly with the pressure that he's put on Tavares by giving him the C and not giving it to Matthews which is really the guy who should have gotten it to begin with.
0: Well, the the belief from what I could gather in the Toronto forum if you will is that that whole mess that Matthews got himself involved in.
1: Yeah, it cost him a shot. Cost at
0: the C. him the C and they kind of had no choice at that point. So maybe they were lining Matthews up to get the C, but once that whole, I don't want to call it a scandal, but like that whole situation, situation came out, uh, I think just for the for PR purposes, they said, we can't do this anymore, and, and they well, gave it to Tavares.
1: And they now have put a giant bullseye on number 91 because now he's the hometown boy who's not having the great season that he was having last season, and now – this team that needs veteran leadership is not seems to not be getting any. And of
0: you it. know, after the coaching change, it looked like things were heading in the right direction. They started rattling like off win after
1: win, yeah, for like two weeks. And then all of a sudden, but it just went right back in the came tank, back down, came back. But down, you could so. see, you can, but if you watch any part of their games, you could just see it that there's no. There's no, there's no grit there. There's that, no, that you know, they keep interchanging these guys on the on the third and fourth line. They have no grit there. Like there's none of that. And if they're not scoring goals, these guys seem like they're completely uninterested. And it's, it's sad, is what it is. It's sad. So I, I mean, look, that's that situation is bad, bro. And let me tell you something, Dubas or whoever it is that takes over is gonna have to make a change. They cannot whoever it is that takes over. Right, well, we're already there. Talking about who's taking over for Dubas. Well, it's it's look, they, either, it's it's either going to come down to this. Okay, he's going to have to move one of those three contracts. Okay,
0: I don't know. They they put a lot of eggs in that basket, but, man.
1: But they have no money for anything else. I know they have glorious. nothing. It's glorious. I know, but that you you've, you've <laughs> li- so they're going to have to move one of the three of them. We'll it's see. It's going we'll, to have to happen. Yeah,
0: I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. But um, I got the popcorn out. I got the shades no, on. Just I got the 3D that glasses point. on. But they, cause you, cause <laughs> and look, I'm just going to sit it back was, and watch that and was, see what happens. This
1: was the foregone thing. When yeah. Tavares went there, it was like, just give us the Stanley Cup now. It's all done. Oh, it's yeah. all over.
0: And, and, and I know we got this it. firsthand because I got a couple of guys from Toronto on my men's league team. Great guys. Love mm-hmm. them. But and one in particular, I mean, you want to you want to talk about the trash that this guy was talking as soon as they picked Tavares. Oh, I'm I sure mean, it was. he was it was literally what you just said. It's just a matter of time, you know. Let's plan. Don't the parade even now. don't just forget playing the, the games. Right. Just,
1: just just give us the cup now and just that that's and
0: it. and because he loves to dish it out the way he did. Don't think for a second that I did not spare any time. Sharing these these memes with him last night. Oh, I hope you did. I, <laughs> I hope you did. I don't even know who it is, but, but I hope my you did. absolute favorite though was the Zamboni driving around Johnny in bed on the ice, which is just and classic. and that was great in itself. But the simple fact that you actually get to hear "Good night, Dave. Good night, John." <laughs> I mean, that was just poetry. Absolute poetry, and, he, and he's circling around him. I mean, you like you couldn't it, it couldn't have been any better. The fact that that was made previous to what happened last night, you know, for some kind of ad, I guess for betting or whatever the hell it was for. I that I don't know because it's literally just a clip of that ad. But the fact that I mean, who would have the foresight to see that thing end up being now representing something completely on the opposite end?
1: And if you're John Tavares, oh, that good night, that good night, John, should be echoing in your head. Every single day Amazing
0: now. Absolutely amazing I, I'm never gonna forget Last night No I don't, <laughs> I, don't th- I, I don't
1: think the Leaf fans are gonna forget They're Last not, night At least for a while
0: uh, Yeah Because you had You had guys Uh, Dom Lucision I, I, I apologize If I butcher his name From The Athletic You mm-hmm. know He said something To the effect of This is Pretty much just as bad As you know 1960 You know The reminder about 1967 But now Forever Leaf fans are gonna hear Something to the effect of You guys couldn't beat The Zamboni driver
1: how about he? They couldn't beat their own Zamboni driver. It's just amazing. this is a guy. Amazing. This is and this is this is the thing that makes it even even better is the fact that he is a guy who th- they've they've taken shots on him before. Yeah, he's been he's yeah. done outdoor practices with them. Yeah, with yeah. So they faced him before. They know his strengths and weaknesses. And well, once
0: <laughs> and again, they- you have to give the Hurricanes credit for saying, look. We have to eliminate shots against here for and obvious did. reasons, and, and they played a great defensive clampdown. We've made game. all so, eight saves so, in the third period. So. As amazing as the story is, you got to give the Canes some credit for for basically playing a prevent. And they lost. And they lost. The not
1: only did they lose their two goalies, they lost Brett Pesci, who was one of their top four defensemen. Yeah, another
0: and, freak skate accident, right? And he's out and for that was their number same ninety-one skate too. That was Tavares' skate. I wasn't even paying attention. Yeah. But anyway, uh, Keynes did a great job of keeping the puck away. But that doesn't even matter. I mean, what a story that this guy goes in there, he gets the W. And did you see the the locker room celebration after the yes, game? Did I you did, see what they did for him? Great. That was excellent. Yep, and. The Canes went out and put it, put his T-shirt up for sale.
1: Right, and he's gonna and get, he's going to get
0: proceeds. Well, because from you
1: realize that the 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 contract that he signs, because he has to sign a contract before he hits the ice.
0: Right. Yeah, that was out there, and at first people thought he was going to get five hundred bucks in the jersey, but it, that's only if it was a professional trial contract. It ends not, up it's being an, an amateur, amateur, so he gets. He didn't nothing. even get the money. Maybe he would still get the jersey, but either way, They
1: gave him the jersey. If I'm not, mistaken.
0: I'm sure. I'm um, you no, know, he got the jersey. And I'm sure the the Canes players either took care of him last they night to or they're live. gonna take care of. They him. have to, and he's gonna get proceeds from uh, part the, of it's going shirts. to, um, I believe, kidney.
1: Yes, because he he actually
0: research or something of that effect, and then also the portion's going to go to him. Yeah, he had. Which some, is I great. think he had a
1: kidney. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if he had a kidney transplant, but he had. This, he, had a, he had a kidney issue. Oh, uh, see, too I was wondering ago. why. The, yes, that's that was the reason. Involved. So part okay. of the part of the wow. proceeds what go story. to the. Yeah, it's legendary. Really? It is a great story. It's a
0: legendary story. Yes, it is. And and people have already been talking live, about the league know, coming mean. coming up with you know new rules and stipulations, saying it's embarrassing that it came to this. Like, how do you not have you know um, you know I think it might have been Brian Burke saying. It. I think I saw a clip of him saying it. Like, how do you not have a college goalie or a junior goalie at the ready? You know, why is this happening? Why is the Zamboni driver being that guy? Right. You know, and and we've and seen another professional.
1: Yeah, it's right. a professional team. Like so, it's, a professional it's funny
0: this may be the first and last time we see something like this, right. you know. Right. But I'm just glad that we were here for it. Well, great I mean, part of history. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's it, it's I I just the, I just can't get over the fact that this guy drives a Zamboni. I really can't. I mean, it's, it's just, something that I'll just I, couldn't I don't think have been I'll, any
0: sweeter, and it couldn't have happened to a better team.
1: No, I. I
0: and even though the the Islanders were were an R in a in a dogfight with the Carolina Hurricanes for one of these playoff spots, you know. Uh, sure as shit I was rooting for the
1: Canes last yeah, night when everywhere. they brought that guy in. No question. <laughs> I don't know who this guy is, but he's my new points. favorite player. Can have those two points. My, he's my new favorite player. That's that's uh, a yeah. lot of credit for David. Look, look good for him. Good yeah, for him. and the I mean, shirt's got to already on his, got, Great got stuff. to live out his, his, his childhood dream for Phenomenal. the play in an NHL game. He beats his hometown Leafs. You know, this guy was driving him Zamboni in the morning, and then in the second period, he's uh, he's into the game. Amazing. But let me tell you something just about that Carolina Hurricanes um, playoff push. Uh, they need a goalie. Yeah, they do. So they need to get a goalie tomorrow <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. they have now recalled both of their AHL goaltenders, Anton Forsberg and uh, Alex Nedlikovich, And uh, okay. I think are they are desperate. So I am sure that uh the Chicago, Chicago Blackhawks yeah. will be calling yeah. um the Hurricanes and they and, are now going to pay. And Leonard's name nose. has been
0: tied to the Canes before this. Well, time I, I, I everyone
1: everyone thought that he was going to sign there after la- you know last July. Yeah. And uh he ended up in Chicago. So if it's Robin Leonard, if it's uh, it looks like Robin Leonard is going to get moved because he's an unrestricted free agent, doesn't it like makes he's going sense? going back to it Chicago. Um I think that uh you know so that's a definite possibility uh conversation we had with Dennis Gorman today, like uh, a guy who should be available, who is not, and, you know, I mean, the writing is on the wall for him. Henry Lundquist should be, you know, should be looking at this opportunity as, hey, there's some there's some really good teams that need goaltending.
0: The man is a loyalist. He, he loves is. Broadway. He loves the Rangers. And, look, if he wants to retire a Ranger, that's, that's up to him.
1: He's about to become He's, a 20-start backup at this point because... If that... Yeah, because this kid, knows? this kid that they have playing goal now, he is he's special. He's 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 on some run, yeah. And uh, true. so that's going to be really interesting to see how that plays well, out, either now or in the summer. We saw a lot of early fireworks for this deadline, which is strange.
0: Usually, it all happens at the deadline. That's not to say that we won't see a lot of moves tomorrow either. But we did see a lot Re-empt,
1: happen. Yeah, but you have a lot. You see, this is the thing. You have you have a lot of teams vying. For spots and, and there's teams a lot are of Yeah, a lot of close. teams in this
0: fight, absolutely. And you look, especially at, in the metro, and look at and the P- east,
1: and look at Pittsburgh. I mean, Pittsburgh last year they got they got steamrolled out of the playoffs. You know, with that series against the Islanders, um, did they do anything to improve their grittiness or toughness? Not really. But Jason Zucker is a great is a great acquisition for them. The so, Pens
0: are active every deadline. They're they are never satisfied,
2: and they but always Rutherford, seem to have, and they always since seem to have.
0: He's he's always active. Even Shiro when he was there, right? He, he, always active at the deadline. Pittsburgh's right. always looking to add, looking to bolster and and, and make. Because look, they look when you have Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang, and you know when you had Flurry and now Murray. I mean, look, they're just a win now team. You Castle, go for it.
1: Castle, had yeah,
0: right. Exactly. I mean, look, we all know. So, but look, it, you know, it's 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 hard not to be a little green with envy, right? You know, looking at it from an sure, Islander's of perspective. Course. I mean, you got you know? Stanley Cups. I mean, we want to be those guys. Right. We want to be the guys going for it every year and, and, and making ads and stuff. And hopefully this is a year we do see the Islanders make something happen at the deadline. I think it needs to, it, well, I think there's no question that it needs to happen. So let's. So with that said, Tony, Stabile, what are they doing tomorrow? What's happening before three o'clock? Or after for that matter, because we know they come in late sometimes
1: um all right so my my um prediction is that they'll make two trades um uh, and i'll i get um, maybe i'm and maybe I'm doing pie in the sky here but uh I'm gonna probably say I, most likely but I, i'm gonna say that they're gonna make two trades tomorrow um i am okay. gonna say that they acquire um i'm gonna say that they're gonna acquire uh Pajot from from uh, – I'm going to say they're going to acquire Pajot and Nemesnikov uh, in a package deal from Ottawa. Nemesnikov um, hmm. would give them a score um, uh, up front. What, what is that?
0: Is he a score? Yeah, he's a score. You want to look him up? He's got 13 goals, 12 assists, 25 points in
1: 56 games.
0: Right. I don't know. I, I feel like that's a little – redundant for me. But go ahead, keep keep talking.
1: Nemestikov is and if you look at his stats since he went to turn since he went to Ottawa, I mean, uh you know, he he did nothing with the Rangers early on, you know, uh, Quinn had no uh had no use for him. He only played two games uh this year, you know, um he only played two games early on with the Rangers and then he went to, went on to Ottawa.
0: All I'm saying is, you call him a scorer. The most goals he's ever scored was 20 in the 17-18 season. And he, and he maxed out of forty four points. Other than that, buddy, he had twenty two goals that
1: year because he had two goals after he was traded to the Rangers. Oh,
0: you're right. Okay,
1: so he had twenty two goals, forty eight points. Right, but
0: outside of that, mm, not much. I don't know. if had, he had and he had twenty
1: saying. of that uh, those forty four points he had with the Lightning. Twenty something of them were on the power play that year. Okay, so I mean, he's he's an offensively gifted player. Let's 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 just put it that way. And again, you're talking about a a smaller return on a player like this. Okay. All right. So I would say that they would be able to acquire Pajot and Nemesnikov in the trade. Um This is your Ottawa. prediction. So this so is my that's, prediction. That's so fine. I'm gonna say that they're gonna get two players from, from Ottawa in that deal. The other trade that I think that they make, I think they Oh, another one. Yes, they I was gonna say they make two. Make two, two I, moves. I was thinking
0: two individuals, but okay.
1: No, I say they bring Nemesnikov in uh, in, in a deal uh in the Pajot trade. Um, and then I also think that they, they, I think they go out and they acquire a Mike Hoffman. I really do. I think that they realize that they need that player. I think Nemestikov gives them depth, uh, gives them a, a player who could play on the second or the third line. Hoffman is an, is a, is a first line player. He's a guy who scored, uh, I believe he scored 40 goals last year, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, I, I really believe that the, that's, that's a move that has to be made. That's going to be the big move for, for Lou tomorrow. Um, He's, it, it needs to happen, bro. I mean, play, plain and simple. I mean, you know, you have no guarantee that he's going to be here after the season is over. But, you know, I mean, Hoppin this year's got 24 goals, 27 assists, and 51 points uh, in 62 games. He is uh, a guy who, I just want to see what he did last year. Last year he scored 36 goals, 34 assists, and 70 points. Uh, for Floridaida's first year in Florida, he scored to over twenty goals every year since the since two thousand and fourteen two thousand and fifteen season um he he's a guy who can put the puck in the net and this is this is what they need uh so desperately. I think that you know he's it, the the cost won't be completely ridiculous uh for a player like this and I think that they could pull this off so i i I would look for them to make the two moves like that one depth move. Uh, the, the move will give them the center in Pajot, the depth move in, in Nemesnikov, and and uh, they get the score in Hoffman. Fair
0: enough, pal. Fair enough. That is, that is your prediction. However, I just don't think the Islanders are going to acquire three forwards. I do not see that happening, but maybe I'm wrong. That being said, while we agree on the needs of this team, uh, a top six forward, a guy who can score, and a third-line centerman, who can play both sides of the ice, kill penalties, win face-offs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I'm going to play it a little more conservative than you. I think only one deal is made, but it is a deal of significance, and I think Lou will get Pajot from the Ottawa Senators, and I think that's it. I think he's going to address the biggest need on this team, and of course you or someone else can argue with me what that biggest need is. I happen to think it's the third-line center, but I'm certainly not saying that a, a score isn't important as well. I just feel like we'd be getting spoiled by Islander standards if he goes out and addresses both needs. Do I think it's possible? Absolutely. Do I think Lou is able and willing to do it? Yes, I do. But I guess just given Islander history, recent history, I don't know if both things are going to happen. I think at most he makes two deals. I think he makes one, and it's if it's not Pajot, I think it's going to be somebody of that third-center ilk, whether it's a guy you like or not, whether it's Koivu, whose name has been brought up now, Mika Koivu, whether it's, or sorry, Saka I uh, no, Mika Koivu, or whether, right, because he, he's still in the NHL, um, or whether it's a guy like Eric Stahl, who, again, I don't even know is available, but he's a guy I'd love the Islanders to look at if he is. And then there's there's been some other sentiment names that have been banded about of, of different, you know, values and whatnot. And I remember we talked about Benino in Nashville. We, you know, Trevor Lewis's name came up, not as sexy of a name. But I, I ultimately think that third line center is going to be addressed. Uh, I guess I think and hope that it will be Pajot. And I just, again, would be very, very surprised if Lou does absolutely nothing tomorrow. And I think we would Agreed. all agree that we'd all be pretty disappointed if nothing does happen. So, Lou, you are on the clock. We'll see what happens, folks. If you want to share your predictions with us, we'd be happy to talk talk to you about them on the Twitter and whatnot. And, Tony, I think you can cue the music, buddy. I think we're ready to go unless you have comments on my prediction.
1: No, I mean, you know, I I, I know what recent history has, has, has been with this organization, but they're in a little bit of a different position than they have been in years past. Uh, You know, there is, you know, as we said before, this is a win-now team. You know, Lamarillo is not getting any younger. He wants to have a winner. He thinks that they have a good group here. You have Barry Trotz. So, I mean, I don't think that the... Uh, I, I don't think the um, the assets are going to be an issue for him. I think that that's that's not even a consideration for him at this point. I think he realizes that with the piece or two that he needs to add, that he's going to be able to do that. And uh, I think I think he I think he addresses both needs tomorrow. I really do. Tony,
0: I hope you're right, and I think most of Island of the Country does too. But we're going to have to wait until tomorrow to see if that happens so folks want to extend a big thanks for you guys hanging out with us for our pre-deadline show here at Hockey Night New York a huge thanks to Andy Graziano of WFAN.com for joining us having a laugh and talking some great deadline stuff remember you can always tune in live or for the archives at HockeyNightNY.com you can follow the show on Twitter at HockeyNightNY you can follow Tony at The Bill. you can follow myself at Shawnee Hockey. If you like what you've been hearing on this show, please rate and subscribe. We want to hear your feedback. Give us some reviews. Absolutely. Let us know what we're doing right. Let us know what we're doing wrong. Love to have you guys listen to us. We really appreciate it. Remember, you can catch us on all forms of podcast hosting, whether it's Apple Podcasts, whether it's Stitcher, whether it's Google Play. We're all over the place. Tell your friends. Spread the word. Thanks a lot, folks. Hopefully we get some good news from Lou Lamar on the Islands. Is trade deadline. We will see you next week.